Welcome to Honest Talk about heartbreak, dating, and relationships. Relationships. The podcast helping you navigate your path to happy ever after with your host, Rob McPhillips. So I'm thinking if we break out into breakout rooms based on... Be the keep I kept butchering that last week. Um, <laughs> last week's version was treat them keen to keep them mean. <laughs> um, so uh, one room were uh, in agreement. I don't think they necessarily agreed with, with the principle, but believed it happens. And the other room uh, was sort of opposed to that. So... I was hoping by, by being in two sort of camps, uh, we might develop the argument more and have a bit more of a debate to tease out all the issues. So does anyone want to start and open up the, the debate? Go yeah. start. <laughs> um, we sort of discussed that it does work, it does happen, it does work for people. Um, and, but we, we don't necessarily think it's that, or at least I can talk for myself, I don't see it as being, it's not the only way that works. Um, and we don't think it's anything that's going to result in a, a quality, okay. authentic, long-lasting relationship. I think, um, did you want to say more, Sasha? Or... No, sorry, I finished. Um, well, I'm, I'm just going to I'm just going to mute everyone, and then um, if you want to talk, just talk, just so that we cut out the background noise. So just unmute yourself to talk. So Ben, are you? Yeah, um, I think what, what came up for us. Uh, well, I speak for myself. What I picked up on was a theme of um, availability and um, perhaps sort of not showing that you're too available in the early stages of courtship for want of a better <laughs> phrase um might uh create uh, a, a sense of allure or attraction uh that that's my theory i mean it's not it's, it's kind it, you know it's kind of sort of can border in on veer into dishonesty manipulation at its most extreme um but i, I think everyone does does do it to a degree really um whether that is treating someone mean or not, um, you know, discuss which we're doing. But um, that's that's what those are my thoughts anyway. That's what I got from uh, our discussion group. Um, don't know if anyone else wants to chime in and add to that or disagree. Thanks. Yeah, I was saying that if you come across as too keen, um, it can actually put off a woman. But that doesn't mean you have to treat them. But if you come across too, I don't know if you're too enthusiastic, she can think, I don't know, you're too easily available or I, I don't know what the logic is. But so there, I think there's some truth in what you just said. Assuming that's what you meant. Yeah, so, but at the same time, I find it hard because as a man, I think there's still in a lot of women's um, minds a sort of expectation that as a man, it's my job to kind of initiate and lead and show interest and just getting mm. that balance right, really. Yeah, I think so. So I think there is, I think you have to separate that there's, there's two really, there's like the person and then there's the, 
so, uh, like the social mask, the social view of the person. And being that we're social animals, there is, and we're pack animals, there is kind of like a status. Um, and if, if you're too, it's not that, I don't think it's necessarily the fact that you're too quick to respond. I think it's the fact that it appears that you've got nothing better to do. And it seems like you have low social value because you're not really, it looks like you're um, always dependent and needy on that person. Whereas if you're authentically like doing your own thing and you're, you're busy, sometimes you're not going to be able to re reply. Um, so is it, do you think it's something to do with that social value as opposed to, um, like as a strategy, like it, it, it does the strategy work because it increases your social value? I'm not sure it does. I think it's just, if people are over enthusiastic, it just feels too fast more than anything else. Or at which least I can only say that from my perspective anyway. Which then like creates a pressure and, and you feel like they're going too fast and you feel like you then have to reciprocate and... I'd lose myself if I had to, to go at their pace and lose my own grounding and it'd all get a bit like, woo. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it better than that. Um, it, 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 it'd almost feel like if, if I was to reciprocate at the stat speed... Um, if, of the over enthusiastic, it would, it would just. Uh, I don't know how to explain it. I would lose a sense of reality, and a sense of grounding in that. As in, it's going artificially fast. You feel smothered, I suppose. As well. Smothered, yeah, yeah. To kind of smothered lose my, lose everything else going on in my world, and that would be. Yeah, yeah. and also. You, you you start wondering um, what is the is there an inferior motive as well, but um, I think uh, when we talk about um, this sort of and I think uh, was it Ben that said it manipulation basically that's what it comes down to. Um, ultimately, it's it's not going to work. It's not going to be a long lasting thing. I think that's what Sasha was saying um, as well and. It's not so much, I think the whole point comes down to authenticity. If you're not yourself, so if, if you are, for example, uh, the desperate person, you've got nobody and you cling to one person and smother them, that's going to come across the way it is. And it's going to put that person off, rightly so, because you're almost like drowning them. Um, and you need to kind of get a grip on your own self. You need to sort your own issues out first um, because you need to treat the other person with some respect, give them a bit of space and all the rest of it. Um, that desperation comes across. If on the other end, you, I suppose, use the tactic and try to be as if, you know, I haven't got time today, I want to respond to you on purpose uh, so that I can make it look like, I, you know, I, I'm so busy, I haven't got time for you, but actually I have, I'm just dying to respond, but. Um, I'm just then that, that is manipulation again. There is still not being true, and after a while, people will figure you out for who you are, and then and then where are you then? Basically, you've got nothing because they'll just walk away, rightly so. So um, I think if anybody feels 
that they have to have somebody, they can't be without someone and they're going to end up smothering them, then they perhaps need to look inwardly and see how they can fix that first. We all need somebody at some point in our lives. You've got to define time. Uh, I, how can you define rushing in? Because some, some people say rushing in um, is a text message every you know, 30 seconds. And other people, you get a text off them every three days. How, how can you absolutely. follow up with someone with a text message absolutely. every three days? But then again, yes, if absolutely. text messages all day at work, yes. it can be smothering and yeah. over yes. the top. It's a debate that there's no, there's no answer to it. It could go on for yeah. years, the debate like this. Well, I think the first thing to recognize with that, I would say anyway, is that um, you're not dealing with a mathematical formula. You're dealing with human beings. Yeah. And every person will be different. Um, and in any case, that person will change over time as well, you'll notice. So um, you're going to have to learn to read the signals from the other person. Um, if, if you kind of go, right, first I do this, then I do that, then I do that, then I get the result. It, people aren't like that. They may be having a bad day. <laughs> they may be having a fantastic day. So on the fantastic day, you get lots of responses. They're joyful. On the bad day, you get zero responses. They, don't, they say to you, sort of, leave me alone. I've got other things to do. You've got to kind of compensate for that a little bit. Um, you know, when I talk to my friends, and sometimes we talk a long time, sometimes I'll send her a message, and she might not get back to me for two days. And all I will think is, oh, she must be really busy. And that's it. You know, I, I, won't, I won't be pestering her sometimes. And sometimes she does the opposite back. She rings me a few times and says, I, I, I feel like I'm stalking you now. So if, you, you know, if you're busy, just let me know or something. And I'll send her a text saying, I'm really, really busy at the moment. Sorry, I'll call you later on this evening or something. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's that sort of, sort of relationship. But I suppose what I'm saying is even with people you know, sometimes you may not get a response all the time, even though I've known this woman for a long time. And we're just, just friends, nothing else. Um, there are times when we don't talk to each other for a long time because we're just very busy. So I suppose bottom line is that there isn't a formula that you can use. You just have to learn what the other person is about. You just have to, and then that's, I suppose in some ways that's the scary part, but that's also the fun part. You're finding out about the other person. If you're interested in the other person, in some, to some degree, you're going to find out what they're like. To be fair, I think it's a lot different speaking about um, a friend than it is a potential lover because there's just not the same dynamics um, being involved there. Um, although I do, I do um, appreciate what you're I, saying. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not so sure. I agree with that. To be honest with you. Um, well, yeah, because you're, you're not because... trying to get you know you're not trying to get your your friend into bed, are you? You're not trying to have a romantic. No. Uh, thing with no, your friend I'm not. so, so I'm there's not. no passion no. there isn't it absolutely right and, and you know what um, one thing I discovered after my marriage is that um, first thing not to do is never to try and get the woman into bed anyway firstly because you, you don't know I, know, I don't mean with. that I mean because obviously the, 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 the subject tonight is about seeing them and keeping them keen isn't it and I think we're talking about from a romantic if we can use that word, relationship yes. point of view as yes. opposed to friend. Absolutely. Yes. Even in even well, in a well, romantic even in a romantic setting, I'd still agree with Errol. It being it being that being the sort of authentic way to go about things. 
Exactly. Spot on. Spot on. So what I'm saying is that I, sorry, if I can just finish and then I'll let you guys go. Um, I, I think personally, the way to the romantic, r romantic bit is the, not, not the ultimate goal as uh, quite rightly Rob said, that's kind of the start of a relationship. But if you want to get to that level, you have to go through the friendship side first, I reckon. Because but, you have to know the person you are looking, because how can you feel romance for somebody who you do not really understand and know? Because but, all you are going to base it on will be physical attributes, which after a while will mean nothing because you got used to those physical attributes and she's got used to you. But so but what's I going to be you, left can behind? Can I come in after this? But, I finished. So. Thanks. Well, I think these kind of dynamics can come up in friendships as well. I think whenever you've got like expectations and you've got a sort of social contract where two people think like, okay, well, this is what I expect of you. And I think like you've talked about this, Rob, a lot. And I, I really agree with you of like where things aren't verbalized, but two people have expectations, whether that be in a romantic or a friendship relationship. That's where one, you know, relationships of any sort can get into difficulty. Uh, I, th I think like if a friend thinks, oh, well, that person should get back to me by two days or so I think, you know, it's just any relationship, really. That's, that's my view anyway. So I'd like to go back to Sasha's point, though, um, wherein she's talking about um, having two different speeds, so to speak, if I'm getting her right. Um, and one party is not moving fast. It can't move at the speed of the other one. The other one is overwhelming in terms of demands or expectations. And I think that type of unbalance where you feel as though you're, you have lost your, uh, your self-control, your to control the, the, what's coming from the other side um, is not so much your a problem with you, but the other person, maybe they have been through many, many things in their past wherein they feel that if they don't go in all, all in, that they will lose out. And um, how does one bridge that gap to create understanding with the other party that no, my speed I, is, you're making me uncomfortable at the rate at which you're going, but I do like you. But can we, get, because some of the times what you are doing is that you're busy, as Errol said, you have other commitments, you have a pattern in your life that, and other commitments that you, you, you can't just disband your life because somebody's coming all in and wanting you to be available, be answering text messages all the time, you know, just on the spur of the moment all the time. We have commitments, we need to have a pattern. If your behavior can coincide with my, 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 my pattern, my life pattern, then maybe we can give it a go. And you don't, it's not that you need to um, think that I'm doing other things, I don't want to talk to you, or I'm seeing somebody else, or all those things that create mistrust. So how do you, from the very beginning, start to in, um, establish those basic 
foundation pillars so to I, hear what, I hear what you're saying but at that point i wouldn't know that i like them enough to because it's, <laughs> it's i don't mean that in a disrespectful yeah. way but i haven't got to know them enough to know that i like them enough to continue if that makes sense yeah, so yeah. it's just very it's just very difficult from the the art from the start yeah i, th I think that's i think that's the basic um compatibility issue isn't it? it it's like the rate of i think everyone i think there needs to be a, like john said there needs to be a certain momentum because otherwise it's just going to die um but it needs to be whereas some people might be quite insecurely attached and need a lot of validation and need a lot of attention someone and it can be a difference it can be a problem between um someone who's got children and someone who doesn't have children and, and maybe doesn't have much else responsibility in their life and, and so they're look, looking for a lot of attention whereas someone else has um, got a very busy and full life and I think that's that's one of the basic um, issues of compatibility and like the speed that you want to go at. Um, Sheila's been very patient she had a hand up for quite a while um, did, um, did you want to add to the conversation? I think um, I agree with them with um, a lot of what the others have said. I think though that treating mean to keep them keen is a, a perception, partly. Um, it could be that you do have a game player and that it is a deliberate action. Um, but I think um, the receiver, I think sometimes it is a perception. You know, it's, um, as Sasha was saying, you know, one person could be, you know, going at a different speed because the other person's not ready to go at that speed yet. Now that person that feels as if their needs are not being met could perceive that, you know, the other side is deliberately doing it, treating them mean to keep them keen, but I don't think it's necessarily the case. But I think in terms of going at a, a certain speed, it's down to, I think partly down to self-care. It could be the other person's just not ready, as, as Sandra said, not ready to either give up parts of their life that they're used to and comfortable with to get deeper into this relationship at this stage. It's not to say that they won't want to a bit later on. Um, but I think also it's a, it's, it's a communication style. You know, how often do you communicate? How do you communicate? You know, whether it's text or whether it's messaging or a call, again, that's different for different people. Mm. I, just just to give some context, um, how we initially came up with the topic, I think, was there are things like the rules um, and there's like these dating guides as like we've, we've set criteria that you don't call someone for four days after a um, four days, like after after a day or you don't text them. You wait four hours until they've texted or or there's like a kind of male ones where it's based on seeming uninterested and playing a particular role. So I think we've got, you've got two ends of the spectrum. You've got people who are um, artificially playing these games. And then you've got other people who are um, perhaps over-interested without really knowing anything about the person. So I think there's, I think we've got two, two dimensions. May I have a set of those rules, please? I don't know them. 
while while we're talking, I, I, I'm gonna I'll find. I think they keep changing. <laughs> I have no idea. Not the only one. I think I blame the internet. <laughs> well, actually, the rules, the original, the rules was like nineties. Wow. I think. It's like a degree. In <laughs> really? <laughs> That's when dating all started to go wrong. <laughs> 1995, the rules. Wow. Oh, gosh. Those of us who have been married for ages, no wonder we have no idea. <laughs> well, actually, because it, it, it made the newspapers when, when the, the person in the rules, her husband left her as well. So. Okay. <laughs> So well, that's a conclusion. Yeah, I think, <laughs> interesting uh, point. Did these rules change from um, culture to culture or country to country? Well, I, I mean, when you look at it, it's an artificial, it's, someone said, this worked for me. It's not really based on any, um, on any real basis. It's just two women decided to write a book. Um, I mean, it, we could all write any kind of book and, and it doesn't mean anything. I get um, that, but I do wonder whether there is a cultural thing to that as well. Whether, you know, whether your background, whether a different rule or common practice is seen, say, in America compared to, you know, China or India or Australia. I wondered if there were different perceived rules. I suppose really what you're doing in, in, a, in something like that, what you're doing is engineering culture. So it is all based on what the culture is and creating a specific um, image. But I think, you know, looking at research, what tends to happen is people who play games attract people who play games. Um, and so like Errol said, it tends... I think you've got three, three real dating strategies. You've got this, the strategy of someone says, well, I'm me and I'm just going to be me. And then you've got someone who follows all these tricks and techniques and um, tries to present an image. And then I think the, the midway is present the image of what you're striving to be or what you would like to be. See if you're presenting a, an authentic, if you just want to be yourself, I still think you, you still need to know the pace that to take that. Like you don't meet someone and tell them on the first date, like too much information. It's not that you're being inauthentic. I just still think even if you're being yourself, there's still a pace at which you reveal things and let people know more about you and, stuff like that yeah 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 i don't think that's necessarily um playing the game that's just i yeah so i think there are people who play games and then there are people who uh, just um need too much too soon can you can you imagine us all taking a copy of this book studying it and then all as a, as a little sort of science experiment and then go in finding a date to practice all these rules on and seeing what the outcomes were <laughs> it was so mean i'm gonna find the uh, let me find what their rules are but shouldn't it, be, shouldn't it be that we um should really be thinking about how we can 
identify people who are putting on a facade so that we don't get um, entangled with this um, performance and not waste time and protect ourselves and tell them goodbye, ASAP. Also, how do you identify somebody who is a game player? Well, that's it. Somebody who is not necessarily a game player, but just hesitant or trying to be their best selves, so to speak. So don't want to show the other side or their bad habits because it's not something they're proud of. That's a $64 million question, isn't it? How do you find out? And not normally we guys, it's once they've slept with you, then you'll find out. That, that's sad. But that's the truth, isn't it? Well, I, I personally, I think, I think people, people, people talk a lot about protecting yourself. And I think as long as you're standing on sound foundations and you're not doing anything that you don't want to do, um, then I don't, I feel like that's how you protect yourself by um, you do what you want to do and not being swayed. I think where you get hurt is where you get swayed because you believe that in this fairy tale or you, or for example, like John's saying, you, you, like you get carried away and you believe that this, you know, someone's promised you um, this long-term relationship and they're just playing you to sleep with you. Um, it's only if you get carried away. Whereas if you're, I think, go at your own pace, do what you you're feel ready for and you want to do. Um, and check, check, find people that um, know the person and ask about them. I, uh, I think over time, over time, the, the truth always comes out. Sorry, John. Um, I'm just thinking about, um, so I'm picturing this, as, as, as situations where um, you're not seeing that other person uh, in real life uh, routinely and, and you're using some kind of way of messaging you know to communicate but I'm interesting to compare with a walking group that I go on where you're sort of physically there in real life for lovely long walks every week with people and uh, feels to me like it's a bit of a different sort of dynamic because you there isn't that option to kind of send encoded messages if you like via text because you're physically there but you can sort of pick up all kinds of subtle cues like if somebody didn't realize you were you turned up for that walk and you turned up and you briefly saw them looking pleased that you turned up then you know you can read all kinds of things like that um so it sort of feels to me like that then needs less of this sort of uh chicanery or sort of um because it's it's kind of real life and therefore perhaps preferable um it, you're not presented with with these sort of dilemmas of do i message now you know you can just you're literally just on a walk you can sense so many things. I guess what I'm saying is I, I would recommend it. <laughs> I mean, I know not everybody in this group is in a position of looking for a partner, but if you are, then um, I recommend it because you just you you know what people like. You can get to know people. There must be still some kind of strategy. You can still play a little bit cool. 
but you can pick, you just become friends. And so you're, you've already getting through those important stages of knowing whether you're going to get on together. So I don't know what other people think. One of my difficulties is that we are now in an era where we can meet people online. We can meet people from all over. In days gone by, you would meet people um, in your local community, more or less, or wherever you've gone to school or university or work. Um, so you could get information easier then that I think they know about a person or you you're more likely to know people who know them or know of them so those players um, with reputations um, are, are probably people that you will already have heard of or know of or would like to be warned about now you have to build up the trust um, with somebody from scratch nowadays because you can meet people from all sorts. You have no idea, no clue what they are about. Um, you just have to take them on trust. I think it's, I think there's a process you have to go through as well before you actually start realizing which ones are the more trustworthy ones. Like you, the more you speak to people, and the more you think this feels, this feels sort of like cool with this person. Um, you, you just get to know the ones that are more like the player types because it just doesn't feel good at all, right from the beginning. But I suppose you have to be um, not caught up in the, the the rush of the other person. That's I think that's important wherein you can give a dispassionate look at what the person is presenting to you, um, as you're saying, so you can see whether or not that person is, is authentic. You have time, yeah. Tessa. I'm just saying, we've been we've be mentioning before about how do you tell early on. So there's ways you can tell sort of like longer term if you've got to know them and start speaking to people, you know, but on a more sort of short-term immediate sort of quite early on it's more just through you just with time you just get to know the ones that are a bit more cool and comfortable than other people that's 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 a good point um i'm just wondering who has been on dating sites has everyone been on a dating site yeah, yeah. i've been on it okay <laughs> Okay, so this is probably um, this is probably a good way to crowdsource. So I think that's a really good point, Sasha, that you learn from experience. Yeah. Um, and so what it might be worth doing is if we go into a couple of breakout rooms and discuss personal experiences, what you've learned from being on a dating site, because there are certain... I think there's certain archetypes you see of certain people, <laughs> types of people on, on dating sites. There's certain behaviors that you see. There's certain patterns that you see again and again. So it might be worth having a discussion on that. So anyone who's new can sort of pick up from that and, and share ideas and perspectives. Now I'm wondering if, is that something that's sort of gender specific that is different? Differences for, for men to notice and differences for women? Or do you think just a, a random? 
I think mixed groups, yeah, random. Because mixed groups, then females can get males' perspective and males can get female perspective. Yeah. Or we could do that afterwards, whatever. Okay. Um, All right. So I'm going to randomly assign... uh, Actually, we can just stay in the same groups, can we? Yeah. (laughs) I'm just reminded before we we sort of move on from, from talk about the game playing strategies to um specifics or you know like lessons people have learned from dating sites um one of the people who who like is an example for the philosophy philosophy that i was thinking was if you read the books of neil strauss uh, i don't know if anyone's read the game neil strauss um, he's a brilliant writer. It's, it's really entertaining. And basically, he's a nerdy journalist who's shy with women, um, um, isn't very good with women. He learns about these pickup artists and he learns the game. And so his first book is about the game and it's about how he learns it. And then he becomes the hero who, who can have his pick of all these women. So he then made millions teaching people um teaching men how to pick up women and this led to about 10 years later his second book uh which is i think it's the truth and i think that's really interesting because you can learn the skills um and you can learn to play the games but my question about it is where does it lead you to um, and so I think Neil Strauss is really interesting, um, person to look at if you're interested in that, to, to read the first book, to see how he kind of went on that journey and then to see where it led into, um, I actually uh, read that when he first, when it first got published, um, and I think it was about 20 years ago, something like that. Which one is that the game or the truth? The game, the game. Have you read the truth? No. Okay, so the truth is the truth is I think um, a really good sequel because it shows what it led to. Okay, because as I because obviously I read the book, I thought I'll try some of their techniques. And to be fair, none of them worked at all. <laughs> um, I, I I did. I can't remember. I, I think I, I mean I have read the game. Um, it didn't make a huge impression, so I can't really remember much of it. But the truth did because it basically showed like okay if you can have any woman what do you do um and it sort of led to him going into rehab and all kinds of things uh, and it's like an exploration of excess so um uh okay so we were talking about or you were talking about um what we learned from uh, dating sites and what to look out for and what um, to be wary of for someone new or or someone who hasn't experienced what you have. Who's got something interesting to add to to teach to someone? Sheila here. Um, I think what we were saying in our group was that um, a person's experience of a dating site is different depending on which dating site you're on. There are, there have been good experiences and bad experiences. You know, my, my brother-in-law, my 
she met on a dating site. You know, that's a successful story. I've heard of other couples who met on dating sites. But I think um, experiences change from site to site. And I think also um, there are a lot of players on dating sites. Yeah, I, I, I think that's, that's insightful. I think it's like Facebook is different from Instagram, is different from Twitter. And, and I've seen, heard um, like Twitter is like standing around the water cooler. Um, Instagram is kind of cooler, uh, more of an image. Facebook is more um, uh, like discussion and, and, and family and, and people a little bit older like my kind of age um and I, yeah i think dating sites have different they attract different types of people and also i think the way that you go onto a dating site how you approach it also um has an effect on on your experience so um which dating sites would you if someone was listening and they were looking for a dating site which would you recommend and why which would you stay away from and why i would Obviously. say avoid plenty of fish um well i only lasted three or four days on that it's full of scam and just spam um so so is tinder but i don't think it's as bad but i think maybe bumble and uh, hinged or hinge it's called and the good thing about bumble actually which actually i quite like somebody mentioned it earlier was that the woman has to initiate the conversation um, so it's good for them. They don't get bombarded with messages. And for the guy's point of view, we don't have the pressure of sounding interesting and flamboyant and like a, like a comedian in our first message because it's really difficult. Um, so yeah, either of those two is probably fine. I think um, hinges can be good because people can uh, react to individual mm. pictures, for example. So you can get at least get a sense of. Um, what aspects that you're showing, um, you know, sort of people are interested in? I think it depends on what you're after. Different sites offer you different things. So I think it depends what you want. Do you want a long-term relationship? Do you want something casual? And um, I think most people who are listening or, or, or attending are, are generally looking for something longer term. So which sites would you recommend from your experience? I think my experience from, from our discussion, I think I'm definitely very, very out of date with what's out there. Um, I think in the past I've used um, match.com and eHarmony. I don't even know if they're still going, um, mm. but yeah, um, i Pre, I predate all Tinder and plenty of fish, so I couldn't advise. <laughs> so I depend. I mean, Tinder to me is more, it's not dating, it's more casual, but I do know a couple who have met on Tinder and are together in a, a couple of years. So I think it does depend on the, the people and, and their motivations. But I would take probably Bumble and, and Hinge a bit more seriously, I suppose. I feel like you have to make more effort on there with your profile. Yeah. When I when I was dating, I always found Tinder like you'd you'd have to swipe through so many, it was time consuming. Yeah. Um, or maybe that's just me. 
No, it is. And, and also the conversations are time-consuming and the effort involved in the chats are pretty much 90% the same as well. Mm. So, I mean, I've come off all the apps now. I've just had enough of them, but uh, I I wouldn't recommend them. But if you've not tried them before, yeah, see how you go, I suppose. Mm. Um, them swiping ones make you feel, make, it makes you feel like people are just a stack of cards that you're flipping through. Yeah. It's yeah. not a nice, like, vibe. That's what we were saying in our group, actually, is that you, you can swipe somebody left or right on the app, but if you saw them in, in front of you um, in a pub or a cafe or something, you, you would probably do something different. you think of them differently, perhaps. I think, I think one of the big problems of dating sites is that typically, if you look at people who've been in a relationship maybe 20 or 30 years, they'll have met at work or they were friends and they weren't initially attracted to each other. But over six months or so someone that you you weren't even interested in you didn't even think of it like that you saw them and you developed um feelings for them over time and i think that dating sites prevent that people um makes feel or make snap decisions and feel it's either there or it isn't um which um yeah I totally agree with you, actually. Uh, I'm against them. I use them, uh, many of them, but I honestly don't like any of them because actually they turn people as products in a shop or in a supermarket, and all you care about is a cover and don't know who you are dealing with, no education, nobody cares about education, nobody cares about your work, nobody your achievement in life, nobody cares about anything. Just look at your photo, swap left, right, uh, this means nothing, actually. Actually, for even for, for people to deal with each other later, even in real life, it's it just man, changing the mentality of people to see this is the way we see each other after that. So it's just all about the cover. It's just product. Uh, nobody see what's inside anymore. So And mm. also about this intention. People write, I'm looking for a long relationship. It, actually, they don't mean it. And sometimes... so. People write anything there. Even Bumble, for example, you get people actually saying yes, like, and after a while, uh, they start reading the profile and then this I'm match again. So it, it is, it's just like, for me, actually, I don't prefer it at all. It's totally a waste of time. But, and even the, changing the mentality of people because everyone be starting to see, each, people starting to see each other as just, it's a cover. It's, it's, it, I think it's, it's totally, it has a huge negative effect on, on, on people, actually. This is my point. I think, I think it's a bit like Facebook. And Facebook or Google are trying to influence your behavior so that you spend more time on there so they get more money for advertising. And I think if, by default, that's what dating sites will do. But if you... I think you... you have to bring more humanity um and if you message people in a way that is more connecting and and you act as a real person person to person um i think you can sort of override the default mentality but i think that the, the nature of dating does make most people behave more transactionally I agree with you, Rob, but I think that one of the big problems is, or one of the lessons that I've learned is that when you're in that environment all the time, like you can go in with humanity and authentic connection and stuff, but it wears you out over time, or at least it does with me. And then I feel like 
you have to sort of take time out and regain your sort of right mindset and you, so that your mind's in the right place again and then before you move forward it can easily like wear people out that I've got good intentions and stuff yeah I, I, I would say that you um, like set set how much time you're going to spend on there mm. um, and I'm just going on this time I'm going to reply or message this many people and then I'm coming off because otherwise what in the same way that Facebook wants to consume your attention so that they can sell it. So the dating sites, they want yeah. you to, they gamify it so um, that you get lost in it. But I think you have to sort of make it a project. Like this is my or project. Or set gonna... time, like a rotor, like this is yeah. the time that I'm going to give to this. And yeah. outside so of that boundary, it's not got my attention. Yeah, so you're in control, not it's in control of you. Because all of these apps are designed to get your attention and control your behavior. So if you use them rather than them using you. Yeah. I, I find, find that I um, might take a break a... whenever I, if I feel I'm getting too negative in my attitude, my feeling, then I take a break from it for a week or two and then I come back to it and that, that helps me. Mm, Sorry, so Sandra, go ahead. Now I was just saying that um, I find that I become quite desensitized if I'm on it for too long and it becomes a bit of a blur wherein one gentleman just morphs into another sort of just going along. So a potentially good and interesting person could be in that mix, but um, you know, and I see a big fish and I see a big glass of bear and I see whatever and it's just, yeah, 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 yeah. Go, 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 go. No clues, some little clues, whatever. Go, 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 go. And some in, in, in that, I may have passed a potentially good person, but I'm just totally numb. Yeah. I think the old fashioned way works. I think, I think the other John was saying earlier on about walking groups and I, I joined a few around Lancashire, you know, in Pendle, Pendle Hill where the witches came from, um, walk up there quite a lot and, and the groups, there's some really, really nice people and um, that, that face to face, it's like, like um, Sasha was saying earlier and you, you see the body language, you, you see the gait, you, you get to speak to them straight away. Unfortunately, they've normally always got partners, <laughs> which is very unfortunate, but uh, I, I, that's that's the route I'm going to take. I'm, I'm not going on the sites anymore. I've had enough of it. It's, it's soul destroying. It, it actually knocks your confidence. I think it's certainly not mine anyway. So I'm, I'm staying off them anymore. So I agree with you, John. If you you know if you look at the time you can end up spending on dating apps, it can be a huge amount of time without really, quite often without getting anywhere. And also with walking groups, there is this thing where. And if you're well established in a walking group, then um, at least that gives some kind of sort of sanity check about you, I suppose. It doesn't mean that everybody knows everything about you, but you're clearly not as random a person as, as some profile that appears on a dating app. You know? So I think once you become known and liked, then it can sort of um, women... Um, sort of then kind of they're already like accepting you as being basically okay so that's a lot further than with a dating app where you have to go through that whole sort of triage of you know are you are you a bot or an actual human are you 
Yeah. Um, I don't know anything. I, I think, so we've, we've reached the time where, um, so the difficulty is that it's harder to meet people um, in everyday life. Um, I think dating sites provide you with, I think they provide you with the promise of easy access. The, the downside is that, you know, as you talked about, John, in having a sense of social credibility, by because you've got other people vouching for you, you, you you're part of a group. And the skill that we need to learn in order to be able to use um, dating sites is we have to be able to learn to create trust, create that social credibility um, from the persona until we can develop the trust and the ability um, in real life. Um, so the, like the opportunity of dating sites is you've got access to more single people than, than we ever have. The difficulty is we haven't developed the skills um, we're built for like the village 150, 200 years ago, where there was 150 people in the village, there was maybe two or three eligible people. Um, and so we haven't developed those skills to manage with the technology that we have. Um, so I think it's a new era and um, we just have to learn those skills. This is why, I mean, one bit of advice and not that I should be giving advice because I haven't, really had much success on dating apps but um showing for example a picture of yourself with other people other family members or you know it creates a much better impression than just you know yourself sort of stood in front of the mirror everything um and another uh, memory that i have is um creating a profile on tinder where you could log in with facebook and at that time it just automatically pulled in any Facebook group memberships you had. So if you were a member of say, a sports club, a cycling club or whatever, um, I found that actually, uh, even though that's crude, it gives you some kind of credibility because it's saying, you know, you belong to some kind of recognized club, which in some way sort of satisfies that um, need to sort of check that you know you're sort of a known person but like the other john i've i've renounced all dating apps does anyone else have any any anything they've learned from being on dating sites i've learned not to use you Okay. Well, so I've learned not to use your own name and I've also learned to use your own name. Um, so basically, on this one occasion, um, I didn't use my own name because of my previous experience of using my own name in terms of having a weirdo and um, tracking you down and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, um, so obviously my name's Alan and I put my name as um, Joe on this on this website on this dating site sorry and um anyway texting this girl and we were due to be meeting up in um in a cafe by the Chafford Centre and I'd already told her that um you know Joe wasn't my real name 
and explained briefly the reason as to as to why without going into great detail. So anyway, turns up on the date. She she was there before me. Um and long story short, she the first thing out of her mouth was, Why have you um why did you give me like a false name on on the site? And I was like kind of a little bit taken back and I was thinking, well, you know, I've already kind of explained this, but basically she gave me the third degree about why I'd given her like a false name and then but didn't like accept my explanation. And she just turned it, she was just like a she was like a doctor as well. Um and but she was like really, really uncomfortable. And anyway, I ended up cutting the date short and, and then she sent me a message saying how, how fantastic a time she'd had and she'd love to meet me again and all this. And I was like, there's just so many weird, odd people out there and it's regardless of, of profession. And it's, I mean, I'm not on any dating sites or anything, but I just think you're damned if you do sometimes and, you, and you're damned if you don't. Some, some advice from dating apps that after what Alan said is that when when you do go on dates, you know, try to see you're not giving a very good first impression if you're like proper suspicious of something and going at them the first time you meet them. Just like sort of just get to know someone. Don't put any pressure on them. Don't put pressure on yourself. Just get try and get to know them and have a nice time for a couple of hours or whatever it is. I, I view dating as um, as an opportunity to find out how I interact with people and relate to them. It's like a kind of, just sort of like a, an experiment, really, a learning sort of thing. And that, that helps me sort of not have any expectations and make sure I always get something out of it, even if it's a bad date and I don't like the person or they don't like me. Maybe try and do something a bit more fun. So instead of a meal, which I would do, or a cinema, which you can't really talk if you're in the cinema, obviously. So if you do something like a crazy golf or something like that, something a bit more interactive and fun, um, less formal. Um, or if you, and also if you have a video call before you meet them in real life, that might help as well, break the ice a little bit. Although I, I have had that. I have nightmares with guys with that because I hate video calls. Like, this is the only thing that I do, and I hate talking on the phone. So, I think, I don't know if they're nervous to meet face to face straight off the bat, but they're like, it's so weird that you won't phone. And are you even this real person? And why won't you do this? And why won't you do that? And I was just like, look, do you want to meet this week or not? But that's, that's, I mean, there's a lot of people that do prefer doing it sort of, they see it as like, it has to be step by step. You know, we've got to talk on the phone first, then we've got a video call, then we can meet in real life. And I guess first, that's just what other people find comfortable. Sasha, the way I see that is it's like, it, it's kind of avoiding a wasted date. Sounds yeah. really bad, but like, if you, like, I, if I'd have had a phone date, phone call or a, a video date with a lot of people, I could have, you know, saved myself like two or three hours, you know, so that, that's the way I see it. I see that as two or three hours to have a good time and get to know somebody though, even if it doesn't work out. Mm. Yeah, it depends. If it doesn't take much effort to see them, then yeah. And if you say you can't have a video call because you're not a fan of it, but you can meet soon instead in person, then yeah, that, I'd be fine with that. That's okay. But yeah, it, it, it's a bit of both, I suppose. You I don't want to waste time. just different, aren't they? And yeah. Every, so yeah. Everyone's got their own sort of 
either you know issues or things that they are you know find easier or whatever. She, uh, Sheila, Sheila, you had your hand up. Yeah, it's it's actually um, I think before Callum said it, you know, um, when you're planning a first date, where do you go and how much time do you do you give to that date? Is this like a one-hour meeting, two-hour meetings? Is it lunchtime? Is it evening? How do you go about planning a first date? A normal like benchmark is like a coffee um, and enough time for a stroll. Stan Tatkin talks quite a bit about that, um, and it depends on like partly what you feel comfortable with. So he suggests you know somewhere that's not too loud where you can really have a good conversation together. Um, it's different in cultures as well. I know in America, they don't have like evening dates. It's a very British thing to go on a date in the evening. Um, I personally prefer daytimes and out if, if it's a nice day, you know, for a walk somewhere nice scenic, but it just, it depends on you. Um, and if you're more comfortable sat still or if you'd feel more comfortable moving around or like Callum said, if you want something that's a bit more fun and interactive and it just depends, but generally speaking, somewhere that's not too dark, it's not too um, isolated, it's not too loud, stuff like that. Mm. I, I think it's uh, sensible to um, not, I think if it's like a big, you're having a meal in the evening, it's, it puts a lot of pressure and then there's a lot of um, extra stress on it. Um, I think somewhere where you you can stay and chat if you can or or you've got an excuse you know if you if it's not working out i think also um breakfast dates are overlooked particularly like mums that have got kids um and they're busy um often that's the time when it's easier for them to make and it's slow pressure um and it just makes someone feel comfortable um, Hyacinth, is, you, is your hand up? Uh, you're muted. You're muted. Okay. Oh. Yes. I was saying um, that I think, um, I believe that it's better for you to do the video talk first before you meet somebody and then you feel um, pressure to go on that, to, 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 to see them and that's, it doesn't work out. You don't want really... Do I even have a coffee or 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 even of water with them? So I think I, I think that the best way to do it then is do a video talk first, um, than to just turn up. You go see the person and it doesn't. No. You don't even want to have a, a tea with them. It's it's just a waste of time, really. I'm just. I'm just going to pick up on the, on the waste of time thing, because this is something I hear a lot in dating. People get frustrated. And I think that one of the problems with dating is we talked about people treating people transactionally. Um, I think there is a lot of this, like a date is only successful if, if there's someone I want to have a relationship with. I think that you, sh you should go into a, uh, a date with the intention of I'm interested in finding out about this person and it doesn't, it's not success if um, it works out 
as in we develop a relationship, but it's a success if we get to know them and it may just be friendship or it may just be, um, you know, it, it may not be someone that you want to date, but you, you can still enjoy a coffee just like as, as if it's with a friend or something. And then there's less pressure, but also some of those people that if you're, they might not be right. Like there might not be a spark or they might not be developing into a relationship for, for you, but they may be for one of your friends or one of their friends may be for you. And I think just treating people as, you know, like, and developing your network is more important than looking at it as this one person has to be my partner or it's a failure. What um, can be strange is um, often if, if someone sort of gently lets you down with a message saying, you know, you're the nicest person, blah, 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 but there wasn't any chemistry. Often it sort of um, means like the end of communication, which does seem sad considering there was a lot of eagerness just prior to that first sort of face-to-face meeting. But it's a strange thing that I've seen um, is that, Often, when there is that sort of gentle letdown, then that's that's the end of all communication. I don't know if other people find the same thing. Andrew, there's the other side of the gentle letdown, or it can be not another another way. <laughs> I've had one experience where a certain gentleman decided that. I needed to be on a date with him and I did not like the gentleman because he was a player. And I ended up going on this date with the man to show him, as I said to him, listen, we are not compatible. We will not get along. You know it and I know it. But he had to prove that he could be seen in public with me, this place. So we went and I enjoyed myself. It was a play. It was lovely. It was all, it was just perfect. And at the end, I said, there, you see, we are not compatible. Please, we will not work. I do not like you because everything was just wrong. But I had to go on the date to prove to the gentleman that he must not call me again because we are not compatible. I don't know if anybody has had to do that, but there, <laughs> that was an extreme case of, of proving to somebody that we are not, we won't, we won't work. Yeah, but didn't you ask him a question? For instance, I, I don't like tattoos. Oh, no, um, no, 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 no. This gentleman was a lawyer. He thought he was handsome. He had the sports car. It was all a show and he, he needed to be seen with me. That's the point. And I was telling him, I am not, I'm just not into that kind of thing where the fast car, the pretty car, going to the nightclubs, showing off, you know, the fancy clothes and being mm. the beauty, part of the beautiful crowd. That was just me. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a farmer. I'm, a, I'm out in the sun, in the dirt and all the rest of it. So leave me alone. Oh, no. I have to, you have to come, you must come. I will show you that we can make this work. And I had to go and show him that it would not work. <laughs> he has never spoken to me since. <laughs> so there you have it. 
But I think Alan's forgiven you now, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, Alan is my friend. <laughs> One thing I have noticed is that when you get a text message, often it's just the start of it that comes up on your screen. You know, you get that preview message and it's like the first half. And if it says, um, you are just the nicest person, and then it's sort of, when you open it, if it starts off like that, it's quite often going to be, oh God. It's because it says, you are just the nicest person, but... Sorry to say, you know, the chemistry wasn't there or something like that. Mm. Certainly these, the sort of preview messages you get can be a bit sort of, bit of a bombshell. So I, I think people have, there's a difference between um, men's experience on dating and women's experience on dating. And it's hard for a man because there's so much rejection and it's harder to get a date. Um, and it's, it's, it's really, a, for me, dating is about which slot does someone go in? Are, you know, are they someone we're just not, they're not interested. Are they someone I'm going to talk to? Is there someone I'm going to date? Are they someone that's going to go further? And what you're looking for is not it to work, but it to, to know which, which box they're in. And then it's just about, um, I think it's all about with dating, like 80% of dating is, is about messaging. And if there are enough people out there, but if you're um, able to put the right messages across, then it's just, there's always someone else. And it's knowing that you can, you can go on a dating site and you can find someone. And then that, what seems like a rejection isn't, it's just just knowing which box someone is in. Hmm. That is... And probably like 90% of people aren't even right for each of us anyway. Like, no, I, I don't believe in like the one, like there's only one person in the whole world that you're going to be compatible with, but maybe 10% of the world you might be compatible with. Um... But yeah, so I think it's important to kind of remember that, you know, you do have to sort of go through the profiles in a way that, you know, it's not everybody's right for everybody. And even though rejection's hard and, you know, when, when things don't work out, it's difficult. Mm. Um, you know, we can always like, you've said in the past, Rob, we can always heal and you can, we can always bounce back and work through the emotions and be back in a good place it's it's how you look at it when you look at school like how many relationships did you have in school and um and so what you're looking at a lot of the rejection in on dating sites is, is someone making a snap judgment based on the fact that you've got a picture with a cat the fact that you've got a, a fish in your pit in your profile picture the fact that you you put one line there that reminds them of, of someone given six months like to get to know you slowly you know it, 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 this is where the walking groups and things will do is that someone who who would turn you down on a dating site will accept you for all the reasons that you've talked about john um and 
but it is people are making a snap judgment. But the thing is that if you're on dating sites for a while, you see the same people, you see them like six months later, you see them a year later, three years later. Um, and people change their mind. People change, um, you know, like they'll have forgotten about you in a couple of years and, and maybe they'll, they'll be more receptive. Um, hi, hi Janice. Um, we, we've gone from talking about um, treating the means to keeping keen to um, talking about people's experiences and what they've learned on dating sites. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's having a, keeping it in perspective. There are enough people. It's just how you approach them, how you come across and then timing of whatever's going on for them. I think checking in with yourself a lot. Yeah, I completely agree with you, but I think part of that is if we look inwards and we think, okay, do I even feel worthy of this person that I'm talking to? Do I feel like good enough? Do I feel confident enough? You know, you need to check in with how you're feeling before you approach the person. Because if you've got loads of self-doubt and all the rest of it going on, you're not going to come across to the other person in a sort of secure way. Um, so I think it's good to kind of like build that first before you approach someone just to, to be on the right, um, in the right mindset and stuff. Just if that, you know, I think even for myself, um, I need to, you know, I feel like I need to make sure, you know, sometimes I sort of come off the, you know, the sort of self-security path or whatever it is. Um, and I think it is important to just check that you're still all right with yourself before like, before you move forward with people. That's very true. Sheila. Um, just a question, another question that's just come to mind is, um, traditionally it was the guy that asked the girl out on a date what happens on dating sites nowadays? What's acceptable? Should a woman still wait for the guy to ask first? What, what do you think, Sheila? I think in this day and age, I think it's right for both sides to ask. Yeah, I, I think you can't... People like. <laughs> I think you can't want equality and then not, not have equality on dating. Hyacinth, what do you say? Well, what they do now, uh, what I've I seen, um, I've done, is I click like. If I see that person and I read his profile, and it sounds good to me and is something that I look for in it, then I'll click like. And the person respond back to me. And when they respond back to me, I'll ask a question. And after they tell me what I want to hear, then I've decided whether I want to continue my, my messaging um that's that's like for me but normally um because i haven't dated for it for, for so long i haven't gone on a date or date anyone is like new to me um what is what a man said to me when he's gonna try to talk me to speak to me i don't really know i'm just like i'm i'm just learning to go on a date now um, so I'm just trying out to see, okay, click on like, let, let's uh, uh, I speak to my friend at work. I, I work with a lot of males at work, but in my view, not to date people I work with. So um, that's 
not my my way but i try on the site i say hello um really i click like and they text they they'll get a lot a lot of respond back to me but then you can find that they, they are player or some not real some fake and stuff like that but um uh, in 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 real life i would like for a man to ask me out than me to say oh i like you uh, that's the way it's supposed i think but now it's changed <laughs> well yeah Justin. of course <laughs> are, are you asking a person out or are you just saying fancy meeting for coffee or is that the same thing it's the same thing isn't it uh, i guess so uh, i don't know <laughs> but uh, why why wouldn't you ask are you scared of rejection or What's the reason? Oh, no, I never have. Uh, no, no, no. I, my, my relationships, they always be long term. What, what I had uh. before is long term. So I've been out I've been out for one for over nearly 10 years. I haven't gone out because I got a child and I decided when I'm going to date, my child must be big, must be about 13. So then I, I'm just trying now to see what it is. So for me to think that I'm going to ask someone, it's strange to me, really. In my time before, they used to ask me. Men used to see you and, and try talking to you. Now it's not like that. They don't even look at you. So I'm thinking, oh, maybe something's wrong or whatever. I, I don't know. It's, it's strange, really. I think there's something quite nice about approaching a guy because, um, like someone said, is it about Bumble? It kind of takes the pressure off the guy to wonder whether the girl even likes him or not. Um, and or worried about the rejection or waiting for a response or whatever it is. Um, but it's, I mean, I don't know, what was my point? Um, when, yeah, when... I think you were saying whether it's sometimes um, nice for the woman to ask the, the guy out. Yeah, I can't remember why. <laughs> it's just the thing is, a lot of guys, a lot of guys are actually not very confident with women, but they don't want to admit it. So that's why they drink alcohol, of course, and get pissed and then try it on and make a mess of, mess of it, probably. But, um, but yeah, and so that's why a lot of guys use dating apps, I suppose, as well. But not asking somebody face-to-face is more difficult. But, I mean, I said earlier that asking for a coffee is the same as asking them out. That's not true, actually. It shouldn't be, should it? You should be able to differentiate between friendly coffee and something more. I think yeah, generally sometimes you are asked to... Sometimes you are asked to go for coffee, but the intentions are not just to be friends. So it's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I have asked a guy out on a dating app. And it actually showed me a lot about the guy because you can see their reaction to your invitation. So What, what was the reaction? Uh, I found a lot of things that I did not like to find. <laughs> did, did, he was, did he like to be in control more or...? To lead things. No, I oh. think at the time he had a girlfriend and he was on a dating app. Oh. So that's wow. when I figured out. I figured I put the pieces together. The reaction was off. For someone that was so keen, it was very off. So then I started to think and I figured it all out. Hmm. We did we did go on a date, but I figured it out. <laughs> Actually, see when you're on a date, do you for a woman do you expect the guy to pay for the drinks and the meal or no 50, i don't 50? accept it no i don't accept it i do it 50 50 yeah. <laughs> i actually yeah, that's, think that's... um it's easier to to go halves yeah there's no obligation then on yeah. either side 
Yeah. 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 yeah because you feel kind of, the guys feel pressure to kind of ask a girl on a date. But then mm. when the guy pays the bill, we feel pressure in a different level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. It's like a different expectation and it's not nice. Yeah. I don't yeah, like I think, it. I think that's partly why it's nicer to contact men first sometimes because yeah. it takes that pressure off as well a little yeah. bit. Um, Will any yeah. of the ladies ask, um, ask a fella out in real life though or just are they okay just because it's behind the TV screen or computer screen? I'd probably if it was in person, I'd ask somebody else to ask them for me. I have done that in the past. <laughs> like a school <laughs> As an adult? Or a no, school? no, on a genuine level, like I was interested in somebody, um, somebody within the community, their boss, I basically said, you know, is he free, basic, whatever, and he was married, which was a bit gutted, but yeah, no, that's that's how I would do that. So yeah, but I wouldn't directly go up to the guy like, hey. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so, I Today do you've, um, you've like made an, an example, you gave, you gave like, um, you've asked, about that person, whether they're single or not, which is, you know, sound. But if if your if that boss would have said yes, they are sing, single, would you then approach them yourself and gone, you know? No, I would have asked him to to. Could you ask him? Does he is he interested in getting to know each other? Okay, yeah, that's because that's a little bit less pressurised, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, I am having a bit of a culture adjustment shall we shall we call it that in that coming from jamaica um guys ask you out guys yes. are always yes. nice since i know you're jamaican yes yes, uh, <laughs> yes. men you 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 refuse more offers for dates than yeah. anything else yeah that's portugal it. too <laughs> yeah yeah, exactly. See, I'm telling the truth. And yeah. so coming here now that I'm looking to get into the dating game after 30 odd years, yes. I'm like, okay, what do I do? How do I approach this? Because I don't want to seem to be too forward. And being the way she's nodding her head, being the way that I am, uh, you know, I can see, okay, I, who is this female? What, what is she doing? Why is she, you know, why does she think that I would want to like her? Yes. And those are the questions that sometimes will, um, and I'm not a shy person, generally speaking, but it does put me in a situation where sometimes I say, huh. I'd love to talk to him, but maybe he'll... Well, I think he should ask first. (laughs) Yeah, but that guy might have the exact same thoughts. I know, I know, and that's the problem because Mm. (laughs) I have come from a lifetime where I have been running away from men, being chased. (laughs) So now, and and see how since things have been with me, I'm not boasting. In Jamaica, men come Men come on to you, yeah. Not because they love you, but they're notches on the belt. They want to be, and it's a thing. It's a macho thing, okay? Yes. You have to learn to navigate that that playing field. Now I come and I meet a lot of very polite gentlemen who have these masks over their faces sometimes that, and they like you, but they don't know. They're not saying saying anything to you. Rejection, and I am saying, oh well maybe he just thinks that I'm annoying. So uh, um, let me not annoy him. 
my day. Perfect. Do you think there's? Do you think perfect. there's perhaps a cultural difference? Like, like British are more reserved. Yeah, yes. that's quite hard. Yes, it's very difficult. yes. they are more reserved. Yes, yeah. Mm. Yeah. we're kind of brought up like, don't bother someone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and we want to be bothered. That's a problem. <laughs> um, Fernando's been very patient. You've had your hand up for a while. Yes, sir. Uh... I just wanted to check something with all of you guys, whether you are male, female, or, or something else. Um, we're talking about apps and we're talking about dating. Uh, and I think apps came almost as a necessity because if we think ourselves in a pub, yeah, whether male or female, and we have our drinks, so we don't need to think about spending the money and who is paying for what. Somebody approached you from the opposite gender and I just say, hi, I would like to know you. Uh, looking at you and you seem like an interesting person to talk to. What would be the first reaction? I don't know if my question is. Uh, how would you react if? If you were approached, yeah. I think that's what we are missing really. I think people are becoming less social, like like less sociable. That's what. That's why this app, which is quite sad in my opinion. But People my feeling is that other. the first impression is, yes. sorry, you are a perv, go away from me. <laughs> no, it, it depends, depends on the way you approach it. I think it's the, the way, the, like Estella just said, it depends on it how you true. approach and it does yeah. depend on the person. You could approach someone in the best way possible and they might not take kindly to it mm. or it, it just depends on the person. Yeah, because I had a, a friend of mine that he actually told me this story. He was at this pub and he saw this girl, he decided to approach her and he just went to her, they were buying a drink like next to each other and he just said, hi, how are you doing? And she just said, oh, I have a boyfriend. And she turned away, <laughs> just like really abrupt. She, she could have been nice at least and it was like really terrible. But, and it was not, it didn't act in a perverted way or nothing. It was really, I think it was quite nice. It was like, hi, how are you? So are you enjoying your night? I don't know what else he said, but he just had a reply like, I have a boyfriend. And she walked away. Just like, why? <laughs> there was no need for that. Yeah, she freaked out. She freaked out. I had another experience wherein a man came up to me in Victoria Station, sat at a table where I was having my lunch on my own. Hello. Oh, you are so nice. Where are you from? I said, Jamaica. Um, and you live here? Oh, I am going to Brighton. I have a flat in Brighton. Do you want to come and party with me? Come, oh. come, come. Let's go have some party. And I've got some cool stuff. And I'm like, what the? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, also. <laughs> oh, God. That is the coolest yeah. I have ever <laughs> in my life. No. Nobody else has ever approached me anywhere remote like that. Even a hello, I'd be glad to say hello back. <laughs> and it's interesting that to my question, only ladies have, have replied, but guys, the same situation. Uh, yeah, I was, I, letting, I was letting people speak. Um, um, I, was, I was just going to say, actually, uh, sorry for interrupting, Callum, but if, 
if um, men could respond, because uh, um, Sasha mentioned it earlier, if men could say in the chat, even while Callum's talking, how would you feel if you were asked out? Um, sorry, Callum. Uh, to me, yeah, I think um, people, men, over over exaggerate the importance of, um, or they overcomplicate. Uh, they think too much about this thing. And well, Estella's example was a, was was unfortunate. I've had something similar myself, um, but that's just that person. So, but generally, just talk, just talk normally to the to the to the woman. Because um, if you like it, if she likes you or gets a good vibe from you, then she'll just want to talk to you anyway. And if you're st if you're standing there like staring at her, being all creepy from like behind behind like a pillar or something, then obviously you know it's not going to go down well. But if you just particularly if it's like in a natural situation where she's you're beside her at the bar or you walking past her or whatever, and you just make eye contact, you kind of get like an I don't know like instinctive feeling that maybe you'll get on okay. And if she and if you don't, then yeah, the, again, less, um, the, the less fear and worry there is around it, the better it tends to go usually. Yeah, Even if it doesn't go it. how you want it to, it still yeah. to, it still ends up being a pretty positive interaction, at least, if nothing else. Yeah, going, don't put going too back much to, emphasis on, on rejection. Yeah, I'll be quite nice. Sorry. With, with walks, um, my kind of pet topic to champion, um, you can just kind of, you don't have to kind of do that, like take a deep breath and then go straight up and do something, you know, um, it's, it's just all kind of osmosis. You, you sort of, you find yourself walking beside different people naturally because you get to a farm gate and then it, that rearranges where everybody is on the path. And uh, so you have a chance to just like naturally sense things, you know, without having to kind of leap across and, you know, just uh, put it out there. It's a kind of just a more, more natural process. But I would say that, right, the other thing is, because I've talked to guys about this, is that the part of the reason I think for their, their, uh, their nerves is because they're, they're thinking too much about the outcome. So they're thinking, if we get this right, then this could happen, that could happen. But no, just, just say, right, I'm, I'm just going to say something to her. And, if it can't, and it's a conversation. Don't start planning ahead. Oh, maybe maybe uh, go for a meal or go for this, do that. Because that doesn't matter at that point. It's simply just a conversation. And if something more happens, then fine. But otherwise, again, what does it matter? Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll agree. You best, just, you best just going ahead and, and, and doing it. Because yeah. otherwise you'll talk yourself out of whatever it is <laughs> that you want to do. Yeah. But um, I think that you should definitely get your energy levels up to a level of positivity before you do it. Um, you know, some people would say, geeing yourself up a little bit. I wouldn't, uh, you know, I wouldn't sit there and think, oh, shall I say this or I'll go over and say that. I think you best just go on. Because at the end of the day, you know, if someone likes you, your opening line isn't going to be that particularly important. They're going to like you anyway, and that's where you go on from there. And and I think confidence goes goes a long way. You know, if you're if you're confident in yourself, regardless of the alcohol, uh, regardless of the alcohol, regardless of the outcome. Sorry, um, and Al, I was going to say, an alcohol can certainly help you with that because it stops your ability to reason. And sometimes, the, the what about what about that? when you're not drinking? What's happened? You yeah, have to well, drink. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I was just using that as an example, like, but yeah, 
you don't have to. You certainly don't have to have a have a drink um, to do it. And I mean, me personally, I've got a quicker mind when I'm not drinking anyway. So um, I would be in a better position and sober. But yeah, if, you know, yeah. you're best just doing it because at the end of the day. You know, what are they going to do? They're not going to punch you. They're not going to go, no, I don't fancy you. and punch you on the nose, are they? Um, no. So the, the outcome, if you don't speak to somebody, this is the way I look at it, the outcome, if you don't if you don't say anything, will be that you're going home on your own. You know, I'm, I'm, not, talking about, I'm not talking about sex or anything like that. I mean, you're not going to meet somebody. But if you make an effort, then even if you get 99 knockbacks, there's going to be the 100 one that's going to say yes. And you can just use it as a as a um, you know as a bit of a training regime just to build build up your confidence and stuff. And you can do it by saying, "I'm going to ask this person what time it is," even though you know what time it is. Just as a way of like build yourself up, talking to to a stranger or something. Yeah. Um, and I think that works because you know if if you you've just got to make it make it natural. I'm not saying I'm an expert, not by any means, but. I have got a bit, a bit of an idea, um, and that's just being, you know, being natural and being yourself. And you don't, have, you don't ever think, oh, I'm, I'm going to speak to her because uh, I can see myself getting married to her or anything like that. You just think I'm going to speak to that person, I'm going to have a bit of a laugh, and if something happens, happy days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have a laugh. I think having a smile is be- is is good to start with. A smile, if she smile back, then it's is 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 something to show that she's probably will talk to you just hello sometimes is just enough i say hello to a lot of people and sometimes you just get this frown or you don't get a response and that's all to me i say hello i'm not asking you to marry me i'm just saying hello and if you say hello back maybe we'll talk about the weather or or something and who knows we'll have a nice conversation about all sorts of things but nobody, it, you know, you say hello to 10 people and maybe two grunt kind of stuff back to you. I mean, is it that bad? <laughs> and that to me is an icebreaker. Just hello, not, not having to have a preconceived notion of, of script in your head as to how you're going to have an icebreaker. Because sometimes you just say hello and the other person will start the conversation. You don't have to start the conversation. But hello is a word that everybody knows. Or good morning, or it's a nice day, or just something something as simple as that. Nothing more. And as, like... as Hyacinth says, a smile. A smile can do wonders. I'm like the master of being unapproachable when I'm out in public. And this is, like, literally, I will just make myself so unapproachable and nobody can tell that I'm doing it. But the, I was in the library once and this elderly man, he must have been about 70 or 80 years old, and he came, so he must be like the master of being able to approach the most unapproachable woman in the world. And he just says, oh, I was doing some, like, Mandela's colouring thing. And he's like, oh, have you been doing this? a while it's really beautiful and whatever and yeah so I guess sometimes it's um putting the attention on something else and having a conversation around something else might make it easier for some people as well why would you um, be so unapproachable why are you using that term because it freaks me the heck out <laughs> there was this guy so I 
I used to go into this this cafe regularly um, and I'd study with my son. But when I'm there, I'm focused on what I'm doing on my on my laptop, on my the books and the things that we're doing and on my son. And I don't look at anybody around me or pay attention to anybody else. I'm proper focused. And uh, one day I'd gone in there on my own without my son and this guy came up to me so sweet. He like bobbed down like, low, like lower than me um, next to me and he's like, hi, I've seen you like quite a few times in here like I've been watching you with your son and you know you look like you have a really good relationship and whatever and I thought this guy's so cute but he I was I was petrified completely and utterly I'd never even seen him in my life and he's seen me all of these times and I just I just couldn't it I just froze and broke down and it was just like I just can't do it like that <laughs> so like a self-confidence issue then it's, I just, I don't know, it's, I don't think it's self-confidence, it's just too, I'm just too scared, it's just um, too unexpected when it's unexpected for me and I'm not expecting it, it's just like I can't, so that's why I, I so prefer to make control. myself. I'm thinking maybe it's because you're with your, your son, because when I'm with my daughter, I really and truly don't want anyone to really speak to me, yeah. I'm just thinking that. Maybe it's because I've got my daughter. Somebody's looking to, to talk to us. I, 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 no, I won't. I'm focusing on my child. So it, it might be because you have your son while you, while you are like that. No? I don't think it's just because of my son. I just, just don't. I find it too difficult with people oh, approaching okay. me unexpected and stuff like that. Um, but and then if I'm, I find that I feel safer when I'm with my son because less men are interested when I'm with, with my son and if I'm out on my own because it's a single female and there's more guys sort of, you know, paying interest. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't just, I just don't like it personally from my own experience, but it's different for everybody, isn't it? Yeah. Because I think that because because when I'm with my daughter, I'm thinking they're probably looking at her. I think she's about 16, 17. And I'm thinking, hmm, what's the boys looking? You know, so I tend to have my hairs up like that. But yeah. <laughs> I, I think actually what you pointed out is um, what's, what would help people's nerves, like for example, if a man's approaching a woman, what would help his nerves is also <clears throat> being aware of what you would be feeling and what, <clears throat> what might make you feel uncomfortable. <clears throat> and when your focus is on that, it's going to make you less nervous because it's less about what you've got to say and more about um, what the other person is feeling or might be feeling. And then it, the rejection isn't about you. It's about, the context of the situation of how they felt in that situation. Can I say, Sasha, I get what you're saying. Cause I, I had something happen to me only, I think it was, uh, the end of last week might have been, yeah, weekend. And, um, this guy completely freaked me out. I, and it was written all over my face. It, I, it was helping me. It was trying to help me <laughs> find a birthday present for my son being really, really helpful. And I just didn't, I just, was totally unexpecting it and um and then he just gave me his phone number to help put my son's bike together and I just was like just turned and looked at him was like you know and it was written on my on my face you know what are you doing but it was because it was it was not his fault it, it was, was so, just too unexpected it was really unexpected and I was just like 
oh my god why are you giving me your number it was just I didn't say it but you could see it and it was it was just because it was so unexpected so I think um yeah so sometimes guys might think like you're sort of being really offhand but it sometimes it does catch you unawares if you are really not expecting it and I wasn't you're just like what are you doing because um yeah and normally I'm really really a approachable and just find it really easy to talk to people but I don't think I'm in that mindset yet to be going out trying to meet new guys I'm not in that mindset so for someone else to see me in that way when I was not in that mindset at all was not their error it was just yeah really a shock yeah, so, yeah so you're sometimes we take rejections personally whereas yeah. actually the person might have liked us for whatever reason but for another reason we've said no or or yeah. they said no to us for something that's beyond anything to do with who we are or whatever. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I found it really interesting, um, from obviously from you two ladies' point of view, because um, my viewpoint is totally opposite. I, I wouldn't put any boundaries on the where's, why's, or, or how's, because it's like, I'm just like kind of so open, and I don't, I, I just don't look at life as being in any control of what's going on whatsoever so you know the example um that was given there about you know doing your, your son's bike up i think you said yeah so what you know what i mean i don't mean that disrespectfully by saying that like uh, i mean like you know so so what that, that someone's asked you out in that situation that would it be okay if you were in a pub i just think those no, no, I think, so for normally, for example, normally I don't, I, I'm not, I've not really put myself into that arena. I'm kind of um, not quite there yet. Um, and I think because I'm not, not really used to seeing myself in that way, it was just a surprise. That's all. And, and I think that's all I was trying to get across is that, you know, sometimes people might like or a woman might reject a man but it it may literally just because you've caught her so unawares that was my point not um not so much it's nothing personal about them yeah that's what I was trying to express it's not it wasn't to do with the setting it was just I guess because I didn't realize I was being looked at in that way I didn't realize I was putting that message out yet because I still felt not ready so I think it was just that um what, it was kind of just a shock like why would you be interested in me why, why why are you giving me your number why do you want to help me and it was but it was very very quick and it was only afterwards I kind of went away and reflected on it for yeah what what what, what, what just happened there that was really odd and my sister my uh, my daughter found it hysterical because she was like what did you think he was giving you number for <laughs> you know could you not see it it's like no I just really didn't see it so I it, think um, I think it comes down to you know you've quite clearly said it's where where you were in your own head at that moment in time and exactly yeah um, and I think that's kind of where it where it kind of comes down to because my personal opinion would be on the more positive side and you know I have had people make comments and stuff like that and it's been unexpected and when it's unexpected I think it's really exciting. And I always, if anyone, even if I don't find them attractive whatsoever, and, you know, someone's expressed interest in me, I think it's, I find it flattering because I look at it from the point of view of, well, you know, well, that's a nice thing. It's a nice thing that, that someone can see the qualities that, that I have. Um, that's just the way I, why I look at it. And um, I think it's a good attitude 
to have. I've got to work on that, Alan. <laughs> it's just like I say, I'm just not quite where you. I, I can clearly see coming on here and listening uh, over the last couple of weeks. I'm I'm uh, quite a long way behind you lot. <laughs> I've, got, I've got a lot of catching up to do. I I've, don't know. You might be further ahead in different areas. Oh, I don't know. I've not. I'm I'm not even in the. Do I even want to ever date again, Zoe? <laughs> Alan, I love you for saying that. I must say that's really nice. Um, but I think we, our experiences um, influence how we react. And I think um, out of an abundance of caution, sometimes we, off, you know, we just cast aside things that could become very interesting in terms of just either having a friendship with somebody, just finding, getting somebody to talk to. But so many things put us off in terms of trusting strangers. We don't know what they're about. We don't know if there is an ulterior motive. We, we don't know if it's just a friendly chat or hello or whatever. And so those barriers sometimes um, cause us to filter out people who could potentially be interesting um, connections. It might be just in passing. It's not necessarily a permanent thing. Uh, and I know that sometimes I can get myself into trouble. And this is a problem that my husband had with me. I know I will say hello to people. <laughs> I want uh, There was a gentleman who was on the pavement and I'm walking, you know, in opposite directions and I smell this, his cigar. And it was the most divine smell. And I just looked at the gentleman in his, oh, an older gentleman. And I said to him, your, your cigar is just absolutely delightful. And he blushed and he thanked me and he just stood there and he just looked at me and he says, you've made my day. And I felt so good. Uh, it was really, really nice. I didn't know the man at all. And of course, my husband is standing here looking at me like, you know, again, <laughs> kind of thing. Um, ben, ben, you've had your hand up for a while. Uh, yeah, uh, thanks. I mean, yeah, it's been really interesting hearing both sides, sides as it were. <laughs> Sounds like a kind of battle or something. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess I find it hard because, like, on the one hand, I, I've had the, the kind of like the gender roles and um, traditional gender roles, and and I kind of consider myself quite liberal and modern and progressive and for equality. But at the same time, I think I, I probably buy into the, the kind of traditional gender roles to a degree about like men initiating and and like sometimes. Uh, if a woman were to approach me or to be quite forward or direct with me, I would feel a bit like somehow it doesn't, um, it takes away a bit of opportunity for me to act in a, perhaps a masculine role. So I guess I just struggle with that really. And, and then that comes across it. And then I think that, you know, it's like, I think everyone buys in, well, most people buy into it to a degree. And, um, and, and then, um, yeah, and I just find it hard with kind of initiating things, really. Um, I, I, I think it's sensible as a man to buy into that because a lot of women won't approach man. So I think it's, it's a good um, attitude to assume that you, you are going to need to be the one to initiate. And because 
women do tend to get more attention than men, um, that's, um, as a man, I think you, you, you should. Although I think, um, I, I think that the, that the gender role is outdated. I think um, if, we, if we're going to move to a time where it's equality, um, it has to be equality in relationships. Eunice, did you have something to say? Uh, yeah, I was just going to agree with the gentleman who just spoke. I also believe in uh, traditional male and female roles. And I, I guess um, I, I'm a bit different in the sense that I don't believe in equality. I don't think we are equal. I think we are different. Therefore, we can never be equal. We complement one another. We, uh, you know, each gender brings um, something different to the table. That's how I see it. Uh, we're, not, we're, not, we're not equal, I don't think. Um, and I think out there in the natural uh, world as well, it's males who tend to chase females. Um, I mean, it's, it's nice to want to be modern, liberal, and so forth, but I think we still have a bit of a way before um, evolution catches up. That's, that's just my opinion. Maybe completely wrong. <laughs> can, can, I, can, I, can I just say, um, I, don't, I don't think I said i hope not that i believe in traditional gender roles I, th I think i i just feel it's hard not to act in accordance with them because i feel like everyone does sort of subscribe to them to a degree but ideally i feel like i would like things to be equal um but it's yeah it's complicated okay um let's have a quick poll um so the ladies on the chat who if you raise your hand or, or you can raise your hand virtually if you're not on screen, um, who would be comfortable asking out a man or approaching a man? I think for me, it's down to confidence. What Alan was saying about, you know, I get what he said, but, you know, Fernando about a guy asking. But for me, it's the response is not necessarily a response to the guy that's asking, it's a response on how I view myself. If I don't feel, if my self-esteem is not high enough, my confidence is not high enough, I will be questioning why is the guy chatting to me? Why is the guy asking me out? What does he want? What's he after? And that, that for, I would let fear get in the way. So for me to ask a guy out, it's a confidence thing. I don't think I'd ever, at this stage, I wouldn't have the confidence to ask a guy out. Okay. Um, Janice? Um, I find it, I find I kind of, uh, it, I find it easy to talk to people and meet people, but to actually, set, to take it to that next level, I wouldn't be able to do it. I always kind of back out at that last minute. <laughs> I couldn't do that. You know, I'm not talking about recent times, but I just know from how I am. I just find that, yeah, it's just, just a step too far for me. I kind of need to take for the, the other person to kind of meet me at that point and take that lead then. So in that sense, yeah, I'd be traditional at that point. You know, I don't mind doing the groundwork and the chatting and da, 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 da. But at that final bit to take it further, then yes, I need the guy to come forward at that point. Okay. And just before we go to John, um, a quick poll of, the poll of the men. How would you, just briefly, how would you feel being approached or asked out by a woman? 
It's really a bit scared. Like, <laughs> what's the plan here? Oh, what's going on? Okay, so you see, so it'll be a control issue. Yeah, to be honest. Okay, it wouldn't put me off. It, it would, if, if it, I think, um, slightly different than a woman asking you out. Whereas if, if the lady came and made it obvious that she likes you by, you know, just, I mean, I, I study body language a lot, uh, j just, you know, twisting the hair or smiling, a lot of smiling, over-exaggerated smiling, it, it gives you a green light, so it gives you the confidence to then ask, do you know what I mean? And, and you, you're not going to feel your rejection then. You get a right knock back, it's like a slap in the face. Whereas if you know, if you know that lady wants you to ask her out, you've got the confidence to do it. Whereas I, I don't think I'd just approach a lady in a bar. I just, I just couldn't do it. I wouldn't do it, but if I knew that she wanted me to ask, I'd be yeah. inclined to do it. Yeah. Paul? Uh, that's a thumbs up. Paul, Paul B, you, uh, you can type in chat if you want to or, or give a reaction. I um, think it would be great. Sorry? It would be great. It would be great. It would be great. And I, say, I would say it's about time. Okay. <laughs> it's about time they ask they ask you out and and gray yeah i agree also it is very nice okay um john thanks for being patient and yeah and alan's, alan's up for it if anyone wants to ask alan out <laughs> oh me too by the way <laughs> who, who is that uh alan Okay, so can I say something? I hope you're not asking me out there, Callum. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I'll leave that one. No, it's fine. <laughs> okay, uh, sorry, John. I think John's first, and then Fernando. Are we, well, this it could be perhaps a topic for another time, but um, I was just remembering uh, talking to a psychologist, clinical psychologist, I think. And uh, she tended to see behavior in terms of the actual kind of moving parts in our brains. And she sort of explained to me about the, the limbic brain, which is this bit, which is like the sort of a bit of a grunt brain. Going, I want that, you know, I'm not having that, you know. Um, and then there's the other parts, which are more sort of, developed later in our evolution, if, if you believe all this, um, which sort of exercise more control. And <clears throat> since sort of having that sort of highlighted and reading a bit, it's quite hard not to then be thinking of that when you're thinking about sort of behavior. And is a lot of our behavior really just a bit of a battle between that sort of limbic side, which is just, I like you, you know, um, and the side that's saying, hang on, think, calculate, predict possible outcomes. Um, and I don't know what people think, whether, you know, because we, we've not really talked about the actual mechanics of what goes on in the head. We've talked about perhaps uh, changes, you know, in sort of behavioral, you know, sort of trends with, with different sort of ways of communicating and, and just sort of natural changes over the years. But uh, do other people see it as a sort of actual fight between this kind of primitive part of the brain and the, the higher faculties? I, th I think that's quite interesting. So you're talking about the triune brain theory, which is 
basically we have a reptilian core, which is um, what um, triggers like how we breathe and fear. Um, we've got limbic, which is more caveman-like, and then we've got the cerebr cerebral cortex, which is where we're very f uh, rational. Um, and so what you're really talking about is, does fear override um, social um, social interaction and so on? Is that, is that what you're asking, John? Yeah, I suppose, can our behavior be seen rather than saying, uh, does, how does the direct approach sort of stack up against, you know, um, something more to game playing? That, that's almost reflected in the kind of limbic versus the higher faculties. And I suppose just question about whether that, whether it helps to try and understand things in that way or whether actually, you know, that's just trying to break things down too much into the workings. But I guess you'd be saying, well, just be true to, you know, true to your instinct. Well, I, th I think, I think it's, I think that's, that's a good context. It's a good framework. So when we, when we talk about like when Sasha was in the library or when Janice was in the shop, so what, really you've got the social interaction and then you've got really a layer of fear that makes it feel uncomfortable makes you feel like maybe there's a danger which is a more sort of primal thing which overrides mm. the social niceties well there's there's a kind of fear but also i assume from that area you've got the actual urge but it's quite a sort of a basic urge you know that is perhaps driving some of this activity in the first place yeah so 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 you'd have um, like the sex drive is, is the reptilian core. You'd have the um, romantic interest, which is um, the limbic. Um, and then you've got like the, the, the cerebral cortex. Um, I don't, yeah. Um, does anyone, is Sasha? I think like, I don't know if this helps answer any part of your question, but I hear one sort of aspect of your question is, is does a study of that help us? And I think it, it, to have a sort of more in-depth understanding of it, I think it does for some people and maybe not for others. Um, and I think it's, it's we, we've got that sort of in our biology, you know, human nature needs to survive. And if we didn't mate, we would, we would all, it would become extinct. So that's the, that's the sort of, like the unconscious natural part of the drive to find a partner to mate. Um, but then we've got the thinking part of the brain. Okay. How do we do this in a, in a, in the right way, in the good way and all the rest of it. Does that, I don't know. I, I think, I, I, I think um, when you, uh, like Estella gave the example of her friend asked the girl and then she was just really rude. I think what you've really got there is, if someone is, you know, like Sasha, you said, if you're the more confident you are, the like easier it is, the interaction goes. If you come across, if you're uh, lacking in confidence and it's awkward, it's going to trigger fear, which is triggered from a different, from like that limbic system, which is then going to um, affect the interaction. So, Culturally, I think that um, if we're going to talk like specifically more for um, from the female side of things, is 
that there are there are more dangers for women and so their um, fear is more likely to override than whereas like you know if someone's been drinking and a man particularly it's going to be more you know like some drunk man is just like wants to sleep with someone um, and what's happened is the alcohol overrides the social thing um, whereas I think probably from female just from cultural um conditioning that fear is more likely to, to stop women I, I don't know if that answers your question what we've i think it it sounds like yeah it's kind of interesting whether it's helpful i don't know um it's hard not to once you've been told about these things it's hard not to sort of be aware of it you know um but i don't i yeah i don't know if it's helpful i suppose yeah it's kind of it is something that we've been talking about quite a lot is um, people's need to feel just at least safe with what's going on. You know, the, the trust is the starting point. Yeah. Mm. And I suppose that's where that, that sort of limbic, I guess, faculty is involved. Yeah. But I don't Yeah. I don't know if it's helpful, but I thought I'd mention it. It's just been interesting to me. I think it's helpful, particularly for men, to understand rejection. Um, to understand, if you, if to the extent that you can build trust, um, it's so much easier. The the biggest, like if 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 there was trust on dating sites, there would be no hostility because um, it's just fear that. So, for example, a woman gets a message, and like if she says no thank you um then she is she going to get a load of abuse um and if she's interested um is there then going to be like is it going to be a stalker or something like that so so i think fear and trust are the two keys I think one of the things that's um, new to us is the when you're face to face with um, someone, you observe certain um, modes of behavior in that you're not as um, rude or without filters. Whereas when you're on a dating site, um, it is very difficult to know what to say, how to say it, um, because of the possible responses that you can get from anybody. And it has, it has happened to me where um, a gentleman from another country wanted to know if I wanted to start the love story. And I said, I'm not here to have a love story. Um, I already have a long distance husband. I don't want a long distance love story with anybody. And the abuse I got from the gentleman, I just, I, I mean, I blocked him, but it was instantaneous. How dare you refuse my <laughs> offer of this thing? In person, I don't think he would have said that to me or be as obnoxious, uh, uh, you know. Uh, he didn't use curse words, but he was just angry. And, and, and I think that is something that we have to, to find a way to, to, um, to manage. And as, of, as a female, it is, um, 
it's it, it's not quite the same as being um, physically abused, but nonetheless, it hurts just as much, and you feel just as unsettled by it because it's it's there and you, you remember it and you think, what have I done? I'm just responding truthfully to 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 something that a person has put forward to me, and I have the right to say no or to to modify their request, but no, it seems as if in this medium, you should not deny them their desires. Mm. I don't know if anybody Do, do dating sites have a like report function? Can you report someone for that? Some, some do, and I think on Tinder, I think you, there's a report um, thing you can report, and I think on Hinge as well, I, I think so, I'm not, no, I can't really say, but I think there is, the, I, I, but I have seen where some people have complained on um, a, another site and the uh, people who run the site made them feel, uh, they said that they, ma they made them feel as though they were the ones who were in the wrong. Um, so they were wondering if it was, it was worth the bother to even report this person. So... Yeah, see, that's something that Bumble. dating sites should... Yeah, but do. Bumble, Bumble does have a, a way of reporting, and it, they actually ask you why. So abusive behavior and stuff like that, so you can actually tick and tell them what happened that was wrong, in your opinion. And the more reports someone get as well, a guy off the dating app was saying, yes. then they get blocked, don't they, from, the, yeah. from being able to... I mean, they can probably just make another account and come back, which happens, but you know, at least they are blocking them and making it difficult for them if they're getting the reports and stuff. Mm. Well, th then at least people learn. People learn what's acceptable. But, yeah. um, you know, like if they're not blocking it and they're not stopping it, then it just continues. Just but It's another barrier. It's another barrier to, to women's um, uh, ability to trust. Yeah. It's yeah, it can, it can make you shaky to continue, can't it? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I just want to ask about the idea of seeing a lady on a cafe or in a library and approaching her and talking to her. I keep thinking like if every good looking woman, for example, sitting in a library or in a cafe and a guy walking around likes her and comes to talk with her, then she will like spending all her days like getting guys coming around to talk with her, then she will not enjoy anything. If she goes in a park or in a walk or in a library or in a cafe, she will not be able to do anything. So. Uh, for me, uh, dating app theoretically should be perfect because you, you are going on the outside. Everyone wants the same thing, or sort of. Uh, some of them, I don't like the one swap left and right. Maybe plenty of fish. I thought it is perfect because it allows you to search for certain kind of people, certain age, certain area, certain education. Theoretically, it's perfect and also gives you options for people to contact. What kind of people can contact you? Theoretically, it should work, but somehow I don't know what's going on. Is, is it like there are people there or ghosts? You don't know how it works. So dating app should be easier if it works, but I don't know what's going on there. But the ones who have left and right, for me, this is totally perfect, totally waste of time. Because if you want to say something to someone or something, maybe some apps allows you to, to, to send messages, which is a kind of available in print of fish. Others, they don't allow you to do that. So it's sort of really a waste of time. 
but I don't know what's going on uh, with uh, with Berlin to fish, for example. I like it a lot. I like the strategy. Uh, this is actually I'm interested in this business, and I was looking for for an app that does exactly the same as Berlin to fish, but somehow it doesn't work. I don't know what's going on wrong there because it gives a lot of features, but uh, for example, I was searching for people like with PhDs or master or doctors or engineers, this sort of people. They are there. I send messages. You don't get anything back, which is a bit strange. So uh, it's this kind of compatibility between uh, like education or work or something. I see it's really nice and it's available there, but you cannot get uh, any responses. So I don't know what's going on there. Uh, I, that's one who swap left and right. It doesn't give you any options. So, for example, in Bumble, I see a couple of ladies, doctor from NHS. Okay, I, this is a kind I like, but I cannot send any message to them. So this is the sort of thing. I think uh, maybe like OKCupid okay, used to be able to used to, be able to search by by things like that, and um, I think there are some specialist um, apps you know, like are more specialist to um, professions and, and professionals. Remember my favorite app, The League? The League? The, 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 oh, yeah. Yes, that one. I'm now 15,541 in the, in the queue. <laughs> <laughs> Until you pay, you will move at snail's pace <laughs> next year maybe <laughs> and there's one called the inner circle if you're interested if you're um where your profile and your um your qualifications and and those things are seem seem to be quite important um and your social media contacts um so if you're interested in getting a specialist type of um, app, then maybe this one might work for you. What is the name again? Sorry. Inner Circle. Oh, okay, thank you. You're welcome. Anyone else got some, any experience? Did it, the top lessons to share from from dating, or any questions on? Dating sites, dating apps, dating behavior. I think it all boils down to like fear. I think we have to regulate our fear through it all and we have to, um, yeah, keep a check on our fear, regulate that and just how we're feeling about ourselves, like I mentioned before. And I think if we're, um, and then preparing for rejection and not taking it personally. So if this person does, I approach them and they do reject me, how am I going to take it? Am I going to take this personally and take it to heart? Is it going to affect my self-esteem or am I going to be able to compartmentalize it into actually for whatever reason, they didn't want to move forward and it doesn't have to be personal about me. And even if it is to so say like, um, it was because I was white for example then that's not I'm not less than because I'm white or not good enough because of, I don't fit a certain ethnicity or whatever it's just a purely because um that's not right for them you know and they've got their own you know expectations that they need to meet and whatever 
so it doesn't I don't have to start feeling like less than because of the rejection and I think it's important to make sure that we're not feeling less than every time we're rejected or imagine if you rejected somebody else would you expect them to feel um down or depressed because of that it's difficult because I, I, I don't, I, you know, I, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings and whatever, but you can't, nobody's going to accept everybody. Mm. You know, rejection's just part and parcel of it all. Um, and sometimes I'll be completely open and honest with people and, you know, some people are fine with it. Some people take it really badly. Um, and, you know, there's, there's only so much I can sort of do. I think I don't know if that was your question or if that. Um, my question, I suppose it was more like if you say you, you, you take it really personally if you get rejected, but if you reject somebody else, if you reject somebody, you don't, you wouldn't want them to take it personally. No, I'm saying so, it's important not to take it personally. Exa exactly. So when you get rejected, then there's no reason you should take it personally because when you reject, if you reject somebody else for whatever reasons, it doesn't matter. But yeah. Um, you know, you would say to them, don't take it personally. So um, it works both ways. There's, yeah, that's my point. It works both ways, I suppose. Yeah. I, I think the problem is society's done such a job on us that we, we're all feeling like we're not good enough. I think we all go to school. We're all putting like failed, failed, failed at this. And people are told that they're not good enough. And so we're all walking out as adults with insecurities, with doubts, um, feeling that we have to live up to something where there's this Hollywood image of, um, you know, that everyone's doing better than us, everyone is better than us. I remember reading something that Paul McCartney at the height of the Beatles fame, when all the women were f like falling all over him, went out incognito and he couldn't get, he couldn't get a woman, to, you know, to have a drink with him or, or that. Um, at all and yet the image of him could have any woman um, and I think it's it's just we've been given so many barriers made to feel inadequate and so this it's this conditioning that causes us so much problems Yeah, because I remember one woman saying that she used to put every single rejection down to her weight. She wasn't even big, but in her mind, she had to look this sort of certain figure. And every time she got a rejection, she was telling herself, it's because I'm not thin enough. But that wasn't necessarily the truth. And I suppose and guys might have the same problem. I don't know if they, you see guys on Instagram and whatnot with the gym bods and the, the six pack and all that kind of stuff. And uh, you think, oh, I need to have that. Um, but a lot of women I've talked to don't actually necessarily put that much importance on it. And actually, if you have like a topless pick on a profile, they'll actually swipe left because of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it saves someone about you. So yeah. So, but a lot, I think so a lot kind of, of says, for me, it kind of says that you find your security in how you look. Yeah. And this is another. You spend a lot of time on yourself. You probably mm. spend a lot of time on yourself. So, I mean, what's left? What's going to be left for, for a potential relationship? Because I've seen men who write um, on their profiles. They like sports. They like um, this. Everything is outdoorsy and active. And 
So where would I fit into all of this? There's, you know. Yeah, some guys are too busy. Yeah, it's just too much. I think sometimes they want to try and impress though. I remember one guy and he's like, you know, I work as this and I volunteer in this in my spare time and I also do this and he's trying to impress me and I'm thinking you sound like you don't stop for a second of the day to just breathe. You, I think it's, it's another have, example. You have a CV that, 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 that competes with that to, to, to even get a look in. <laughs> what do you do and all the various things to even be like that person? It's another example of where science can be unhelpful because um, I did I read a book by Richard Dawkins, The Blind Watchmaker. I don't know if anyone's read that one, um, but it it sort of messes with your brain for life because then you see relationships as this archetypal image of a guy with a fish, you know, with a six pack, giant fish, you know. That he's caught in Richard Dawkins sort of worldview that would be like game on because you know he's got this huge fish I mean that's that's got to be food for several days you know what's not to like but of course you know it doesn't really help when it comes to understanding modern day relationships but yes back in the Richard Dawkins worldview um, being strong and and you know being able to source good food it's good stuff is this something effect because i mean i i um through, through meetup again um going going out to pubs around bolton with a meetup group 40 50 people on a group and and i'm i used to be a keep fit instructor many years ago i'm an ex-army um i'm not overly confident etc but because i used to teach keep fit and i've done a bit of weight training and People have this assumption because you wore a t-shirt and you know you got you got some biceps and triceps, they think an attitude comes with it. And a lot a lot of females have said to me, Oh, I stayed away from you because you seem to be a bit of a jap lad, I bet you've got you chatting women up all the time. And I said, No, it's completely the opposite, actually. It's completely the opposite. Um so so it can have the reverse effect on you sometimes. Have you read that book, Rob? Um, I, I think so. Um, mm. This is the one. Yeah, I can't remember it, but I remember the, the, the watchmaker. I'm not sure if I'm thinking the watchmaker is Dawkins or if that's the philosophy one. There's a uh, like religious concept, philosophical. I think the of... Richard Dawkins one, it's kind of, um, in a way, it's kind of, demystifying and de-romanticizing the, the huge diversity and complexity of nature just in terms of things happen only to allow a sort of propagation of, of genes you know so mm. um, something as complex as a fish with an eye that can focus uh, evolves from just initially just like a dip in its skin which is a bit light sensitive and so it comes all the way to yeah, things like relationships, but possibly misses the point, I think, in modern day, because we have so many sort of subtleties, don't we, in relationships. So just the fact that I I can fish, which I can't, I'm really terrible at fishing, but um, in the Richard Dawkins sort of world, yes, that would be a plus point. 
Because well, the, the watchmaker theory is about like the argument for God, and, and, and I'm guessing with Dawkins, that's, that's basically, there's the argument of the universe was designed like um, yeah. versus the, the genes. Yeah. And um, so I think it's relevant in the sense of what is supposed to attract us to the other sex is signals of, for, for women, signals of a provider. For a, um, a man, it's signals of a um, woman that's going to pr produce children. Um, so the whole um, basis of evolutionary psycho psychology is that that is attraction, uh, what we're attracted to. And does that have any relevance today? Well, again, when you, <clears throat> when you look at it, who we're attracted to isn't a conscious choice. It, it comes from the limbic system. Um, so then you're looking at signals as opposed to um, actual facts. So if someone's attracted to muscles, it's because they're strong and they're a protector. If someone's attracted to white hips, it's like they're going to be childbearing hips. Um, so it's, that's the, the, the theory that we work on. Um, so, uh, well, I think if you're conscious of that though, I think then we can make a conscious effort to override that and not place so much value on that. So, um, if somebody isn't in the best financial situation, for example, or if they're not sort of this, you know, grizzly looking sort of human type. Um, I don't know. I think you can, I can kind of sort of think to myself, okay, it doesn't, if it's if showing sort of neglectful, um, traits that's different to him whether he can provide or not whether he's got a good income at that time or not does that make sense it, it does I, I I think um whether he's quite a, if he's a protective person or if he's gonna neglect protecting him and his fa his family and stuff yeah I, I think that, that there is so when we look there are certain things that we agree that are attractive there's cert there's certain looks like if you look at what we consider beauty, it's um, symmetry and it's, if you've got a hundred people to vote on the same person, yeah, they'd agree. Yeah, majority and of them will pick a certain type. Well, it's common features that are typically yeah. attractive. It's, 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 so like the more unique that you are, the more yeah. variance from the norm, the less attractive typically you are. So there is sort of things that we find attractive but really whether we personally find someone attractive over time is based on our story. It's, it's not even really based on them. It's based on our story so that the same woman that finds, you know, like the, the muscular man attractive from a primal level, some other woman is going to find someone who's completely the opposite attractive for a different reason. So it's not necessarily... It, it, I think it, it all plays back to, I think, which is what you were sort of saying, Sasha, that there's someone for everyone and it's all based on your story, on like the story that people have. 
and I think we've we've covered the gamut of of dating. I think most of us are in that situation, though, aren't we? Here to try and sort of find a relationship and make it work. So, so okay. So, so to wrap up, what do you what what insights do you feel that um, tonight's produced? I really I like just, this. Oh, sorry. Carry on. I just go away with feeling a bit more confident about it. Sort of refreshes and renews my confidence to do the work before I go ahead with talking to people, if that makes sense. Like it, it sort of takes away the sort of self-doubt and stuff that I get it to the point of being stuck in self-doubt sometimes. What I'm thinking uh, is how to develop consistency in the approach, in my approach, in that, um, there are things that you're not going to settle for, but at the same time, you have to be consistent in your behavior in that you're polite, but, and you, 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 you're alert. Um, you are open to a certain degree. Uh, in other words, not, not having too many restrictive um, criteria that you end up on a site. Not, not, not really seen anybody or anybody meeting your, you know, all of the various ticks or labels that you want them to, um, to tick. Uh, and at the same time, being flexible, but within a, a certain framework. In other words, you're not flip-flopping all over the place. You are um, consistent in your approach. That's, that's, that's it. While, while maintaining, as Sasha says, not taking it personally, but at the same time being mindful of others that you are not rude to them because it hurts you. So what you do is also hurtful to others. Um, and I, I have learned that I need to be, well, I am. I'm firm with that button. When I press no and I'm gone, I'm gone. When you're out, you're out. If you cross the line, it's the, I'm not going to think about it and be sorry and dilly-dally. My boundaries are my boundaries. And I think That's it's a good place to be. Yeah. I know it's not easy and it's hard, but it's a good place to be. It, it, Even it, if it doesn't feel right. I agree, and it, it takes some time to get there. And sometimes you feel discouraged because it's like, I'm not seeing anybody. Will I ever find anybody that will want, you know, that will reciprocate or that thing? And yes, when you look, sometimes it's like everybody's just morphing into one person and it gets all kind of blurry. And as you said before, take some time off, recharge come back again and um, start all over. But um, I just think that we need to set standards for ourselves and a, and a way of approaching it so that we are safe and that we don't get unnecessarily hurt and also not get discouraged. Thank you, that's very reassuring. I really like listening to that. Any other last thoughts or roundups or summaries? <laughs> I like the bit about having a story and that it's your story and the story of the person you meet that will sort of count and also uh, just really valuing your own story you know, with all of its kind of pain. You know, don't, uh, 
let it sort of make you feel lesser because it in fact you know it should make you feel feel more i find that very encouraging hmm. yeah i think be strong not wrong is is really important that you make the story that makes you strong and everything that's happened is part of your journey it makes you who you are and it's coming to an acceptance of that and that you have something to contribute everybody we we all have something that we can offer to others and i think sometimes we forget that and we feel um you know i'm not great and nobody will like what i have to offer and i'm not this and i'm not that don't compare yourself to anybody don't believe in yourself and just think that you're a good human being somebody will like you for that yeah i think i found that since coming to this group as well feeling like i've got value and something to offer which has been good yeah i always look at it i think if if you could strip away all the fear and all the lack of trust and people could see the real you and there's so many people and you could see the real them and it's kind of like you could walk in this forest of people and see who people really were it would be so easy to find the person but what holds us back is that fear that lack of that self-doubt all that the masks that we put up and so when we have the confidence that we can just move through safely that we can be ourselves um irrespective of what other people think of us then we let people see who we are and so we don't you, you don't want everyone to like you because the worst thing if it, when you're single the worst thing that can happen to you is you meet someone who's who's bad for you who detracts from your life um there's nothing wrong with being single you can be happy and be single you want you only want the person that's going to enhance your life and make it better and if you can just walk through without needing to be in a relationship, just knowing you'll find as you are, you, everyone's going to get in a relationship. It's just, you want to get in the right relationship. Um, and there's so many people that are just rushing in because they, they doubt themselves and they feel less than they could be or should be. Um, and it's just, just go in with the right mindset and then mechanically, work out dating sites then it's just learning the skills of how to navigate them i think we're in an age that we're adapting to it we're the we're the we're the group we're the the era that's adapting to it now so it's all this big new thing for us and we're trying to learn how to navigate it but then people in the future it's not gonna we've, we've done the work yeah like tw 20 year olds are on dating apps already so you know, they got, they got, I mean, people before us didn't have to go through all of this. Like no. it's just, we're, we're unfortunately in this group where we're the ones trying to work it all out. I, I don't know that it's necessarily unfortunately, because I think people, um, when I look at people of an older generation, they stay together because they had no option or they stayed single because they, they never worked out. They were too shy to, to talk to anyone or they settled for whoever they had. So I think we, we, there is, yes, there is that learning curve. We've got something new, but we but also have more opportunities. in it as well. Yeah, we, we've, we've got the opportunities is whether we learn the skills to adapt. There are lots of people that are going to get hurt and feel that they're wasting their time and, and whatever from dating sites, but it's people that are going to learn how to use them. And it's far more efficient. It's far easier than going to the, to the pub or waiting weeks to meet someone. Um, if you just know how to do it and you learn the skills, you can just 
go on a dating site and find anyone at will. You, you, you'll take time to find the right person, but you just have to um, have the emotional foundations and the resilience to not take it too seriously. I think it also helps to cement um, the things that really matter to you, the things that are really important to you as you go along, because you will come upon things that you will not that you you cannot abide you will not have that as part of your life you know those things and i think sometimes that is a bit of a mush in your head because it hasn't been tested yeah. but dating sites help you to test those reactions that or those 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 things that are important to you and so in a sense coming out on the other side you are a much uh, more articulate person in terms of what you are what you want and you know what you will not abide. Uh, so yes, I, I think yeah, navigating the the hackers and the rude people and the, all of that is something that it, it, we do it in real life it, on the ground. Um, but I, th I think it's it's a different reaction when it happens virtually because texts, for example, can stay permanently and it's there. Um, and how do you navigate that? And it's, it's, it's impersonal, but it's also very personal at the same time. And I think that is something, as, as Sasha was saying, we are the guinea pigs in how to deal with that and move on to another person because your ego does take a battering. Uh, and it's how to keep bouncing back from that and saying, okay, it's really not meant for me. It is somebody who does not, uh, and that person clearly doesn't um, see me in that light. What um, I think is that we should not succumb to the rudeness ourselves and try not to um, impart that to others in terms of our behavior and just nip it in the bud when we see it coming our way. Definitely. I think as well, Rob, just um, what you were saying before about being authentic going forward to meet people and being yourself. Um, I think when we, when, we, when we are ourselves and we get rejected, um, if we take it personally and think that it's because we're being ourselves and not for another external reason, that's what causes us to put up this sort of false self because then people are not rejecting who we are. They're rejecting what we portrayed. So it almost makes a rejection a little bit easier to deal with. So I think that drives us to put up this sort of false self because of the fear of rejection, because we don't want our true selves to be rejected. Yeah. Um, I think the, one, the, the problem there is that I'm not saying we should. I just think yeah. that that's why people then build up more this false yeah. of this false self. Well, I think the the problem there is that people make themselves the star of every story. So if that happens to you, it's because you're a supporting character in their story. And but the the nature of being human is that we make the story that we're the center of the story we're the center of the universe. So if someone rejects us, it's because of something to do with us. Whereas it's nothing really to do with us. It's to do with them. We were just a supporting character who crossed their path. You know, they, they wanted something. Um, um, 
and we didn't fit what they wanted for their story and that's why there was a rejection. Yeah, it just wasn't mutual for no, whatever yeah. reason. And, and actually, the, the best thing you can have is, I know it's not nice, but that kind of rudeness, that rejection, because it, it tells you that's not the person for you. Because the, the biggest danger people have is the charmer who's lovely for a year because they're the ones that really create the, the toxic relationships where people really get damaged by because they, they fall in love. They think, oh, this is, this is the perfect thing. And then they end up being manipulated and controlled and abused. And that's when they really feel it's because of, it's because of them. There's something wrong with them. Um, so because they've been sort of groomed a lot longer yeah yeah they've been yeah they've been played to to perform a role and then when they can't perform it anywhere anymore it's, it's control and abuse to try and get them to do that um, and that's what really damages people so it's that that's why it's really important not to jump into anything until you know someone But that's can, that can be difficult online because a person can spin you a story and you think you know them. It can go on for, 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 for weeks, for months. Um, and it might take some doing to unravel what is, real, what is real from what is fiction if they're very good at spinning that story. Yeah, they can keep it up in person for six months, yeah, maybe a year. Great. Um, and it's just keeping knowing, like never sinking everything in until you, until you really have evidence to know someone. And, and you only know someone over time when you see them in different contexts, when you know. Um, we, we should, sorry, we should, be th we should give people a benefit of the doubt, though, and not be suspicious of everyone at the same time. Of course, because how are you going to know unless you give someone the benefit of the doubt? But you give them the benefit of the doubt, knowing that you're strong enough that you, you, can, you can see it. So you don't jump in and think, yes, this is my fairy tale. This is, the, you know, Prince Charming or, or the princess. And I'm going to give everything. Um, and and um, Fantasizing about how great this interaction is going to be. And yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, people who do that in the first weeks, first months, and there are... Is that kind of a telltale sign that it's, it's not good right from the beginning as well? Yeah, when you look at people who've been in like narcissistic relationships, the, it, which sort of are more prolific with online dating because you've got... So, like, like narcissists make up a small amount of the population, but... They have lots of little relationships. They know how to play it well. They're more attractive. They're more charismatic. Um, so, yeah, pe people jump in. Actions, are, if you're aware of that, though, their actions are pretty pretty noticeable, aren't they, as long as you don't get attached to them? Yeah, it, it's, it's where people sink in too quick. That, like, you can't really know anyone in, in six weeks or three months. You don't really know. And to go, oh, yeah, this, this, is, this is my soulmate and that is where you've gone all in um, and that's where you've kind of lost yourself. So it's, it's recognizing that your journey is the most important thing, your life, you, you 
um, you're the only person that you're always going to be with you. And the other person is there while you enhance their life and you, you and, and they enhance yours. Um, and hopefully you both have the commitment, both have the integrity to make that work. But you have to be aware that maybe it isn't and not jump in just because you've had a, a great three months um, and believing that they are everything that you idealize them, them to be. But one question, um, well, and this, I, ha I haven't reached to this stage yet. So this is, I'm throwing this out to everybody. When does one feel comfortable enough to take um, a relationship, for want of a better word, offline into the real world? I'd personally say the sooner the better. For the first, I'd say for the first year, I was talking to people hundreds of miles away. And it might, I found it personally, I found it very mentally taxing because I was always imagining what they're going to be like in real life. Uh, and then seeing other guys, I wonder if he's like that sort of guy, I wonder if he's like that sort of guy. It was, it was, I found that really difficult. Um, and then I started only looking sort of locally and meeting people pretty soon. So they, that took so much stress off the whole process. I mean, it was hard at first because it was getting, it was something I was, it was very new. Um, I wasn't used to doing that, meeting strangers and stuff like that. Um, so it was hard at first, but, you know, the more I practiced it, the easier it got. And I ended up kind of being this person that was calming everybody else down because I'd got, like, comfortable with it. Um, but it, it's the, the suit I, for me, I need to meet somebody in the first week because it just puts me at ease. Um, but the, the sooner that you can meet them in person, the better, because you get so much more from meeting them face to face than you do over the internet or the phone or whatever. What did you start introducing them to your friends? No, I've not really got that far. With the, there was only one guy that I introduced my son to, um, and I was going to go and meet his mum and stuff like that. But no, there's, there's, I've not got that far with anybody. Just sort of a few dates here and there and stuff like that. I think, because uh, I think that's probably one of the true tests that will, um, you know, and when does that arise? How will they integrate into your circle in terms of, you know, they meet your friends? Um, so the Stan Tatkin wrote a book called Wired for Dating. So it's from um, sort of, he does it from a neuro-linguistics or how the brain works and how people attach and stuff like that. He does it from that perspective. But he talks about like going through three stages so the first stage being you vet them you sort of be a Sherlock Holmes then when you feel like there's some compatibility there then you let your family and your friends Sherlock them um, and then you, have, you trust your family and your friends if they see anything like, like there's a big red flag and whatever um, and then I forget what the third stage is or maybe there's only two but yeah, yeah. The, you, you can't, is it you family just, the third one? Know. Um, I'm not sure. If you yeah, I think friends it's and friends, friends and family. You said like to, because you're chemically, um, you know, it's lust and things is going to carry you away. Mm -hmm. um, but to get other people's opinions as well. In terms of meeting, there's some research that the average meeting is after 23 messages. And they found that um, it's people who met 
after 17 messages had worse um um it turned out worse because um people tend to idealize you know like as sasha said you tend to think oh they're 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 this perfect person and then you find that they have feet of clay yeah well you find it's it's a different person almost to the one you thought you were chatting to so yeah if you spent three weeks chatting well you know and then it's actually not that person you were imagining and so you have to question what the value was in all that time spent exchanging messages so, I, so I, you need a video you need a video you need a video chat then to actually yeah yeah person. but also sasha mentioning about distance i think that that's not to be underestimated is how tough it is if there is distance involved even for first date like you know i met somebody just because I was coming off an app and I thought, oh gosh, can I really bear to like lose that one contact I made? Um, because if once I delete my account, I'll probably never make contact again. So I did message, but they they live in pool. So we did meet, um, you know, and uh, that was really tough actually, because um, it being such a way away, you know, ended up sort of planning a whole weekend. Um, but um, fairly early on, I think we realised that we didn't click. But then you've yeah, kind of committed. Yeah, a long time to be stuck with it someone. Is. <laughs> it is. I was knackered. I mean, it, I agree that all of these encounters can be valuable. But I was literally just knackered the next week, just from sort of talking to fill in the gaps. You know. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. <laughs> The first thing that I decided was, okay, um, long distance, no go. It's not happening. So um, anybody that I speak to um, who is further than probably 50 miles away, it's, hmm. it's, I will speak to you because I, I, I speak to anybody, but, you know, that is just a friendship. That's not going anywhere. So that's, that's, that cuts you off. And in that sense, sometimes I find that it frees me up in terms of how I approach somebody, you know, if, they, if they're speaking to me, um, because I'm not, I'm responding not with any expectations of anything, because I know it's not going anywhere. So I, I'm free to be just, you know, if you don't talk to me, it's fine. If you talk to me, fine. If we're friends, we're friends. There, there, there's just nothing, because it's not going to happen. Um, and then when I come closer to where I am, in some instances, I get a bit queasy. Maybe I'm just <laughs> a scaredy cat. You know, oh, no, you're too close. No, I don't want you because I don't want you to turn up at my door. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> so, That's a good point. Don't share your details with them. They can't know where you live. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. They can find you. Believe you me. Don't think oh, that they can find No one can find me. I'm untraceable. <laughs> no, don't think so. Once you're well, online. To, to, a, to a reasonable degree, unless you start oh, paying for specialists or something. <laughs> yeah, to a reasonable degree. But you can be found. Once you're on social media, you can Oh, no. I keep myself way off all of that. <laughs> So, so it's, you know, how do you, um, how near is too near and how far is too far? <laughs> yeah. 
yeah no there's always that risk there is always that risk and internet doesn't make it easier because like you said we're all so traceable and I think that's been mentioned a lot in the group about women are more vulnerable when it comes to that sort of stuff. And that's the danger for women. Exactly. Not, not that it doesn't ever happen to men, but, you know, generally speaking, women are more vulnerable to that. And it is, it's unfortunately a risk and it's not, it is, it can be very scary. Well, men have been known to complain of, about women who stalk them as well. So, yeah. you know, there, there are instances of that. So it goes both ways. Uh, I think one of the things that um, the, the, this dating game, this virtual thing uh, has brought up, I think it's made us more equal in terms of the dangers that we face in some regards. It's both ways. Men um, are made to feel uncomfortable just by women, just as much as women are too, because men can feel vulnerable. Women turn up. Yeah, there's no, there's no sex that's more wrong than the other. Yeah, you sure. Know, I, I think, I think in terms of discussions, the, the discussions we can probably we can discuss it. Both both groups can can have the same discussion or similar discussions. It's just that, as you're saying, as women, how do we? We are not as we feel more vulnerable than men. I think men, by and large, will think that they are capable of handling a woman if she approaches them at their house or wherever, and they can deal with it. Whereas for us, I think we have genuine fears. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you didn't feel that fear, it'd be a bit dangerous as well, wouldn't it? it would, all sorts could happen. It's definitely a natural, good type of fear to have. It's there for a bit. It serves a purpose. Yeah, and it is within that context that we have to um, couch how we respond and how we um, issue invitations and how, where we go. How to we manage the fear as well. Yeah, and how we manage these things. And I think that's an extra layer um that sometimes holds us back it is and if if men could learn to make it safe to create that trust so that it was safe um dating would be so much easier but there is there is going to be you know it, reality says that that's never going to happen you know yeah. all the men are not going to start being safe for places for women it's just not going to happen but the there's always going to be them few or that group of people that do make it safe. And obviously for, for men, some men are going to change and make it more safer. But I think, you know, it's to remember that no matter how many bad experiences we go through, there is always the safe guys out there and there is always the decent women out there and, you know, they're, they're there somewhere. Yeah. I, I think ultimately the key is that you have to um, obviously be sensible, look after yourself and, and stay safe. But the more I think people do ultimately attract people of this, like people attract people of the same looks of the same intelligence of, and it, your behavior and your character is also another way that you, um, if you're not willing to settle for things, um, you're less likely to be with someone who's maybe less stable or less trustworthy. Um, it's it's just it's just the process of of being strong, being authentic, and being sensible as well, not getting carried away. Yeah. And don't have any fish profile pictures. 
I agree wholeheartedly. I don't want to see another fish. But do you have a dog one, possibly? No, 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 no pets, no dogs, no cats. I see your black cat behind you. But... <laughs> so cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, go away. <laughs> John's, John's been calling the cat over. You know, that, well, that might, that might... dangling bits of food. My... <laughs> yeah. No, but no, no bear, no, no, no cats, no dogs, no motorbikes, no, no. Just be yourself. Oh, good grief! And tell your your age. Don't say you're forty when you're sixty, or you're seventy-five and you're sixty. Don't. Right, guys, I got to make a move, sadly, but it's been a privilege to. Nice you. to meet you. Bye. Yeah. Uh, Thank you everyone for being on and see you next week. Oh, Rob, next week is is the one on next week. Yes. Uh, next week is the next one for two weeks. Oh, haven't I? I've I done two. So. I've done two. Next one is Jigsaw. Okay. Okay. Next week. Oh, I've not seen that one. G- Jigsaw's on Netflix. Um, okay. it's, it's, it's a good stand up about relationships. And the week after is the enchantment dating strategy I think. oh yeah i watched a bit of that it looks good What's that? i watched an interview with it of the ladies you mentioned the enchantment oh the, enchantment the fear of enchantment yeah yeah it looks good that yeah yeah no she's really good okay then she should be a good chat so hopefully see you next week all right thanks week. a lot yeah. take care hey thanks everyone bye bye